this time we're live for sure. <laughs> yep, yep, this time we're live for sure. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Jessica Jones, Season 2, Episodes 5, 6, and 7. And welcome to the Recap and Review to go through these episodes, what happened in them, mainly so we can talk about them and then be on to the next three episodes. But I'm not alone with me today. I have with me, of course, Joe Dirty Locks, who's joining me for this Recap and Review. And of course, we're not alone. We're never alone when we have with us the live mother fucking chat if you happen to be listening to the podcast of this later or listening to the watching the replay and if you're watching the replay on youtube you can actually see the live motherfucking chat right over to the side of the video player or on the screen with us at times as well so welcome and we hope that you join us we'll probably be back just so you know i assume on wednesday uh, on wednesday 3 14 uh, at 1 p.m. to talk about the next few episodes, 8, 9, and 10. So if you want to join us live for that, we're usually doing these every two days at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So definitely try to join us on Wednesday to talk about the next episodes. There's already two podcasts, one where we talk about the premiere and one where we talk about the episodes 2, 3, and 4. So if you want to check those out, definitely check those out as well. But, Joe, let's get into this. These are... I want... I. You know, I need your cray-cray, Joe. I, you know, I, <laughs> hey, hey, I want your cray-cray. And if you don't have any nice words to say, Joe, you could just fucking lie, okay? So yeah. what did you think about these three episodes of Jessica Jones just in general? I liked them. I was ready to keep going. Yeah. I, I think I liked one of them a little bit more than you did, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. from some talk we had last night during the yeah. Walking Dead show. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed them. I think they know how to make a story move well, and they do it. They seem to be doing it very well with Jessica Jones so far. Yeah, and I, I... At this point, I'm left in the fucking lurch as to who the fucking bad guy is, right? If it's even been introduced yet. Has he? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I, I mean, what's interesting about this season to me is it's so many small little tight stories, and I don't know if it's because of the way we're watching it. I'm watching it three episodes at a time, so you can really kind of focus on what's going on in the show and kind of get a get a get a feel for it of what's going on in these three episodes that we're focusing on but there were so many little interesting side stories in this and i i know the episode you're talking about you're talking about the third one it comes to maybe my one little minor gripe with with the series and it has nothing to do with the story or the progression of the story there's just one casting thing that i'm not feeling as much as i feel some of the other casting and that's uh that's Jackie. I'm not Jackie. Uh, not Jackie, not Jackie. Jackie, Janet. not Jackie. Jessica's mom. I'm not there yet with the actress that plays her. She's a little. There's a. There's something. There's a disconnect for me with her character. That's a little silly. But we'll see how that progresses down the line. And that, I think that's why the third episode wasn't necessarily my favorite. But I love all the flashback stuff with Jessica and Trish. And we're gonna go through every point of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean they. They get to some thing. We see her get her leather jacket that she that she's always wearing. Like, yep. there's some cool stuff. Do you know what was like, the worst? The the worst part about it. The only part that I have a mild a mild uh, wish for is that when we get into meeting Jessica's boyfriend Sterling, it should have been uh, Aaron Paul. 
and I know I know it didn't have to be. This is such a little minor thing. It because of her playing his uh, his girlfriend on Breaking, Breaking Bad, just to bring back that sort of relationship and have Aaron Paul be the boyfriend that gets uh, killed off. I would have liked that. I know you don't care about that stuff as much as I do, but I it would have it would have been funny. It would have brought a, it would have brought a smile to my some face. of the lines like, that he delivered it, were very Aaron Paul like lines. He could I could have seen Aaron Paul playing that character, except maybe he wasn't hot enough or something like that but but uh it was one minor thing he's that I was short, yeah like she's got those boots on he's not exactly tall enough maybe maybe i mean it's, it's what she's into maybe. i just wanted it to be for some reason while i was watching it i was being i was being douchey and i was i, was, I wish this was aaron paul i just i just want i wanted it i wanted it, it. would have been a, it would have been a fun little uh <laughs> little call back to it and we have in the live motherfucking chat right now, we have K Rich Broke. We have Living My Rhapsody. Great to see all you guys in the live chat right now. Stopping on in to discuss this episode of Jessica Jones. And as I said, wherever you check, wherever you're checking out this podcast, please leave your comments or thoughts on this season. Even if you feel differently than Joe and I and you're not feeling it, tell, let us know. We're kidding. If you have if you have bad words, share them too. You don't have to lie. I just love to hear what people are thinking of this season because so I'm seeing a lot of mixed responses from some of the quick reviews or glances that I'm seeing about it. That some people are like, boring, I'm not feeling it, it sucks, blah, 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 blah. And I definitely don't understand that, but I do understand that maybe the show isn't for everyone because it's definitely a certain kind of show. There's a certain kind of feel to this. There's a certain kind of way that each scene goes into each other and with the voiceover and, and it's a lot of repetition and and I love it. I personally love it, but I guess it's not for everyone that some people that are maybe hoping that the Netflix world would continue on with like the daredevil punisher action based craziness. This is a lot more layers and a lot more like feely emotion kind of stuff going on. It's a detective story. Yeah. It's and it's very, a detective story. It, Big time. It it feels like, you know, Chinatown or yeah. uh the two Jakes or something like or that. Or LA you Confidential I mean? or something. Right. Like you have the, the, the narration going on by Jessica Jones. That's all like introspective kind of shit. Like you have, uh, you know, just the shots that keep it comic booky. So it, it, I just really, I really like the way that they've drawn these stories together so far, how, you know, they're putting together this story and this season so they don't run into the same problem, in my opinion, that they ran into with Luke Cage, right? Yeah. They kind of blew their wad in the first half of the season and then had to, like, reintroduce another big bad guy kind of that they only barely referenced once or maybe twice or something, you know? And then in comes this other big bad guy with a whole big backstory and their brothers and all this shit. Where he like. should have been a season two character. Where they should exactly. have hinted like in something and... along those lines, introduced at the very end, like brought in at the very end instead of turning a uh, fucking Sons of Anarchy kid uh, juicy, juice juicy. Into, yeah. into like next ne their next season's bad guy. Juicy, you know what I mean? Like it just it felt rushed, it felt squished, and I think they're kind of staying away from that, but still keeping the in the the story compelling and interesting, making you want to know now, you know what is going on with this backstory no one is a is blatantly bad guy-ish uh like the mother yeah she's got some problems some issues but like she's not gonna be yeah she's gonna end up being a pot i think 
we we're not going to get there yet. And I don't want to do any predictions till till the end before we go through the episode. But I I don't it's see Trish. Trish is the bad guy, right? Possibly, possibly, possibly. No, I, I or Trish's boyfriend or or Chang or something. Oh, Trish, right? She's she's getting high on these drugs. She's like, <laughs> hey, she's, I, off, she's unhinged. She's, she's she's all about getting the power. She's all whether it's celebrity power, superpower to get celebrity power. She just wants that shit. So it's Trish. Trish is the bad guy. She's going to go up head to head sister. Look at their relationship. They've been building it. They get us the flashback that there's been tension, but love, but tension. They've been doing this for a long time. You know, these sisters are going head to head. Joe. New York's coming down in a fucking oh, slug. We're finally getting like our a woman. Joe, right? we're, we're finally getting our sequel to Limitless because Trish is taking NZT. That's what she's doing. She's right. She's, 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 she's puffing away. Yeah, she's puffing NZT. Well, Richard, I don't understand oh. why she, she's like, so like, I need the puff, but she's only done one puff at a time. Come on. Right. You're, you're like, this is like your third, fourth time using the shit. You're going through these massive withdrawals. Aren't you? Aren't you at least a little curious? Uh, one puff makes me feel great. Wonder what two puffs is going to do. <laughs> what right? an am- amateur. What, what did I hold my breath afterwards? Isn't she supposed to be an ex-addict? Doesn't she know anything? K-Rich says, <laughs> exactly. says Jessica's first season had the big bad. And that's kind of an easy story to tell. Without a big bad, it takes some time and skill to put it on. And they do it. And uh, Broke says, yeah, Diamondback should have been introduced in season two. It, uh, Living My Rhapsody is asking, is this anything like the Lost Girl series? Joe, have you seen Lost Girl series? I, I checked, checked out one episode uh, on a, a long time ago, and I, it was in the middle of like a story that I w- couldn't follow. So I, I kind of like was like, ah, I'll probably check this out. I've heard some good things. Yeah. But, but no, I don't. I have so, no yeah, idea. so I don't think either of us have seen it to to uh, give you a proper point of reference on that Come one. Come on, man, living. empty that inhaler into a balloon and then just breathe on the <laughs> yeah. balloon for where, a little where's while. The, where's the right? nitrous balloon? Well, yeah, where's here? the nitrous let's balloon? Do and K. Rich adds that Trish is an ongoing problem. So let's not waste yeah. any more time and let's get right into this recap. Enough, enough opening thoughts here. Let's get into this. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones season two. Jessica Jones season two, episode five, aka the octopus. We open up with her in a cell alone, and it's just she's pacing around. Joe mentioned this in the last episode recap that we did, but and I thought about it a little bit more watching watching this. Jessica Jones, I think, I think all Jessica Jones and Daredevil specifically, Luke Cage to a lesser extent, even though I do enjoy the style. Uh, Iron Fist and Defenders to a much lesser extent, even though but they have their moments. But Daredevil and Jessica Jones really play with camera angles really well. Yes, and the beginning of this scene when you get the, the full look from the sky view down on the, the eye in the sky look on Jessica in the cell with her voiceover. This is what you're talking about, Joe. They make the most out of every section. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid yep. here, and I don't care. Nope. I'm drinking the purple Kool-Aid this season. And well, I... They're putting, oh. There's more purple too, right? There is more purple, purple and blue. When she was in the aquarium, that tone of blue going through everything, but had a little purple tone to it. I love the color palette choices in this show. It's better than almost any show that I think about in a long time. There's a couple of other ones that I have like popping in my mind. I think Kurt Sutter uses that well too. Speaking of Sons of Anarchy, I think Sons of Anarchy is another good color palette kind of show and there's there's a lot of other shows uh breaking bad obviously and better call saul i think is even better at it than oh, breaking bad jesus christ yeah i think yeah. better call saul is the best example the of fine tuned yeah of a fine tuned it's it's it evolved from breaking bad and, and i'm not saying story i just mean the way the camera looks and the way visually the scenes and colors and yeah, tones the tell way stories. They, there's a some sort of filter they use where it will like 
bring a tree forward and or like blur out a section so it looks layered but still like a still shot but it's a live shot i don't know it's weird yeah. it's, they it's, do some great shit with the camera it's uh, it's pretty fucking awesome very comic booky and still shots like beautiful just it's right out of the graphic novel kind of looks and they right. they really grab that tone in both this and in daredevil Four times as funky. Great to see you. K. Rich says, uh, to answer the point earlier, initially Lost Girl parallels Jessica Jones, but very different very quickly. Uh, and great to see Mel in the live chat right now. K. Rich says, Trish is Jones in the Super Juice. Eventually, she's got uh, she's got to cost him up and help Jessica in a way. And yeah, I'm, I wonder if we'll get to see that by the end of this season. So let's continue here. So she, we get a voiceover about her which, uh, where she says it's a shitty frame job and someone someone did these things but sloppy emotion just like her and you can see through the process of this episode and the next episode jessica actually putting the pieces together so that when she eventually faces off with her mother at the end of episode two or episode two of these you know you know what i'm talking about the second episode of these three she already knows it's going to be her mother and the show does a great job of yeah it's a little obvious like having jessica with her boyfriend there having the same kind of alcohol that her mother drinks so that when she shows up at the doctor's house, yeah. she sees the alcohol. I mean, in a, this is what we're once talking she about. She says that once, once she said that I said to Katie, Oh, it's coming that's back. Gonna, I said, that's going to, yeah. that's going to be a thing. And then like, I think the very next scene, I was like, Oh, she's fucking meat face. She's definitely meat face. And it's probably her mother right after the accident. Yep. So it's like, boom. Oh, look at that. So, yeah, it was a little obvious, and, and this is something we talked about last night on about a different show. If this was a lesser show, that might be something we nitpick on, but I'm not going to nitpick on it right now. It's, it's a thing. It happened. It, you know, it happened. It was obvious. It was, one of the, it was a trope. It's in there. Move on. So we go off to Jessica's mother burning all the evidence and burning all her clothes, and she's full naked, wailing, like kind of like the Terminator with emotion. She, to this, it, she totally kind of reminded me of the Terminator. There's, this is where we get into it a little bit. There's just something about, and this is me, my my point. I don't mean to attack an actor's performance. I'm not feeling this woman's performance as the as the, as this character. There's a little bit of a cheesiness to it to me to a certain it's extent. Very, she seems very disconnected from a character, and I think it's because she's trying to play a character that's disconnected from uh, the way she wants to feel and how she does feel, mm -hmm. and that rage that she's always got in her. Yeah. So she's trying to to play that and it's coming off rather than the character is semi disconnected. It's more the actor is disconnected. Yeah. And in a way that Liza Aaron does well, she doesn't quite pull off, you know, we're sucking on my titty and pushing me out the moon door or something. I think that actress is an example where she, she's all, isn't that same actress. I think that actress could have played this part even better or something like that. It's it, that's just one example of someone that can play that rage a little bit more true. It's a tough thing to play, to play this crate, like getting angry. I'm getting angry and make it not seem I'm about to go incredible Hulk on you here. Right. And make it actually feel like an emotional rage taking over you. And some actresses can pull it off really well. And I just think, for me, that's a minor nitpick I have on this season on the casting of this cat. I think they could have done a little bit better with the casting yeah. of her. And the way she plays it, like she's trying to quell the anger and that gets her even angrier. It doesn't seem it just it, it 
It doesn't quite do it for me, but it definitely doesn't turn me off. Because, turn do you know why, off. Joe? Because the character's written like it makes sense. The yeah. actress is trying. It's not like she's horrible. It's just that there's a slight disconnect. And it could also be explained with going through the experiments so she's half zombie, half human, kind of robocopy or something. Because she's not, yeah. quite, not quite human. So there's ways to explain it. It's just – that's why I think it's a me problem, not necessarily a show problem in right. that it's sense. the way I'm taking it, like I said – she's playing the role like there should be the disconnect because there kind of is between her and her yeah. emotions, but it's coming off like it's the actor that's disconnected <laughs> from the character rather than the character from the emotions. See, it's a very strange thing, but yeah, I feel yeah, it too, yeah, Phil. Yeah. I it's, really do. See how it is to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about this other show too much. See how it is to, to, to talk about problems with the show without saying it's fucking stupid when a show is not fucking stupid because Jessica Jones Whatever you think, even the people that think it's slow, it's not a stupid show. It's it it actually makes sense. the The writers checks and balance this shit, dot all their eyes, cross their t's. For the most part, things check out, even if it's even if you can poke holes in it. And that's what's important about these characters. So we go off to Hogarth and Jessica, and Jessica makes some wise ass comments. And it's been twenty four hours, and Trish gave a statement why the fuck she's still there. Hogarth tells her that the cops want to fuck her, fuck her bad, because and we get a funny line about, about or Hogarth says, "Why don't you just give in to the cops, tell them what you know?" And she, and Jessica says, "A poodle doesn't show a pit bull their stomach, uh, their belly." You. <laughs> and uh, she yells, "Fix this!" And Hogarth says, "Stop dicking around, stop dicking around." And Hogarth says. Listen, uh, I'm I, there's too much. I'm worrying about too much, and you, and you need to give in a little bit here, Jessica. Right. Tell them what you fucking know, and get out or stay for seventy two hours, and maybe they charge you with a crime. Mm-hmm. And oh, we got Alan in the live motherfucking chat. We got broke. We got K Rich. Lots of daddy issues and uh, Dom mummy issues. Broke says so with the mom in her rage. What is Jessica? Is she okay? Unlike her mom, a ticking time bomb. I think Jessica's okay because she didn't have as many injuries, so it could be treated easier. Similar to the nurse, who's a little bit more fucked up because the injuries were a little bit more fucked up, but she's relatively normal. So Jessica was young. It was seemed to be just a minor injury to her arm, or not minor. She probably like crushed her arm, but it was probably relatively minor compared to the mother's complete reconstruction or because we see with the nurse that the nurse is a relatively normal person uh pending like it, the real shit she's been through in life we're seeing this woman twist this other woman's neck you can explain how she got to that point but and we can see it with jessica too right we can see it with jessica uh, with, too with the things that uh what was it broke said dead boyfriend Kilgrave torturing and raping yeah. her and shit yeah, it's like, real stuff the, the psychotic stepmother pimping out her daughter and and like always being pitted against like trish's mom dude that... with her sister stepsister like that... just the, the mess the shit show since the accident Tr explains why she's an alcoholic explains why she likes to drink why she's so angry and then having this big hole in her memory from of of a time between the accident and whatever like that's all explained so yeah. it's all explained why she's angry and not like the mother exactly that's not me that's not me like she said in the previous yep. episode at the end of before you know the previous she would but we left off that's not me that's she not me. she will I bend the occasional law she's definitely has whatever questionable tactics i i actually like her tactics but she's not going to actually hurt the son but she knows no. enough to threaten him she, she if she, she caught if she caught that that robber she may have may have broken arm and taken her shit back or roughed him up a little bit she wasn't going to kill him no way she wasn't gonna, like no that's the, not and 
no, that's not her at that's all. That's not Jessica. That's that. That's not my. Je- that's not. And then she'd Jessica. show up at Cheng's place and rough him up yeah. because she definitely beat it out of the guy. Where you know who sent you? But she knew when to hold back. All she did was crack a rib or something like that. She could have done much much worse to Chang in that moment. She right. she had so much control. She may not think she has control, but fuck, dude, she has control. Because if yeah. she wanted to, when she pushes someone, she could just break them easily yeah. destroy them for life him through the fucking wall yeah Destro- destroy him when she slammed her, her his head on the wall and dragged it down the wall before she broke his arm before he tased her like she could have smushed the head like like the mountain did to those children yep. dashed his head yep. on the wall so it was just a big smear of fucking blood <laughs> like that's the kind of strength we're talking about here that's what she's got it's and why fucking... can't she address that strength to it and i love how she's speaking of what carrot says in the chat and broke was saying this earlier as well trish's mom is t- is too real horror show she's a, a fucking oh, yeah, horror she show. is she woman needs to be in jail or hospitalized or something yeah. like she is just fucking like wow and, and alan makes a great point jessica doesn't have time for killing she it will mess with her drinking time so we go <laughs> off to patsy's mom dealing with the aftermath of uh, of trish i keep calling her patsy or trish whatever uh taking the inhaler and uh her mom's like oh do i have to get you back in rehab i've helped you out before oh i've turned your head when you've had when i forced you to suck director's dicks i mean like what, oh what's going God. on what's what's going on trish slept 26 hours a day trish's mom is the kind of mom that's on that show dance moms or something like that like she, she times at a thousand mixed in, mixed with mutagen so she keeps saying she keeps saying you got to get ready you got to get ready and trish is so focused on getting back to jessica helping jessica and getting that shit taken care of right yeah oh no right no no not at all sorry i didn't hear what you said so i'm just like yeah i'm gonna agree with everything well, she, joe says well she is right she is at first right until the mother says oh no it's a, i'm getting you ready for an interview with ccc or whatever right the fuck. And then, and she, then she's like, oh. And then she gets her oh, shit right. together. And I, Oh, this is about my fame? Fuck Jessica. Fuck whatever she needs. Dude, I, I love how this goes, too. And it goes to the point where, no, it's not going to be about her fame. It's about this dude giving this really heartfelt uh, proposal to her. she's disappointed at that. Because, and she explains it, she's disappointed because, because he... he he makes it about him you know she wants to be him she doesn't want his she doesn't want to she doesn't love him she wants to be him and that's why she's been right. with him she I wants lo- she wants fame dude she I lo- want, like that's the like she she was like fuck jessica yep fuck my oh fuck this this is about 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 what could be the one of the happiest moments no fuck that nope if Trish got That's superpowers, not, yeah. she would just say, fuck you, Jessica. I'm going to do exactly what I want. And she just want, she'd become uh, super famous. She'd want to she'd want to be on the TV. She'd be like Greg Kinnear's character in Mystery Men, like Captain Marvelous. Was that, was that his name? She would turn she'd into be a bad guy. She's so self-absorbed. She wouldn't think she was a bad guy, though. She would be a bad guy. But she wouldn't think she was a bad guy. <laughs> Eventually, she would. Eventually, she would know it. No, I think she has a good moral code. I think I think Jess centers centers her in at at. I mean, the, we're gonna have a lot of fun discussions with Trish uh, between now and the end of this season. I have a feeling. Uh, yep. But either way, we said this last time. I know you hate the character, and I kind of or not hate the character, have contempt for the character. I have contempt for her too. But I also love her in that scoundrel kind of way. In watching, and the actress does an exceptional job playing this character true because I believe every second of this. This is one of those actresses that I have trouble uh, separating the actress from the character 
she just plays it that well. So so I might hammer Trish as well in sometime in this podcast, and I'm sure you will as well. But I think it's a credit yeah. to how good this actress is playing this character. And it's she- it's very much like uh like I don't think she's the best actress either, but I'm talking about Trish for that. Right, no, no, I know. But it, but it's but it's fitting. It, yeah, it's fit it and it's very similar to how I felt when uh the the granddaddy of it all, the soprano women. Oh, Carmela and Janice. And the mother. Oh, and uh Olivia. Oh, and Olivia. All three of them were just so good at making you want to hate them. Oh my fucking god. And like to the point where for a while now, like I can't watch uh Mrs. Soprano Carmela in almost anything without feeling like I still hate her from the Sopranos. <laughs> and not the acting, the character. Not uh not I Edie can't Falco. Think of her real name. Edie Falco. Not Falco, right? Not Edie Falco, but Falco Punch. Falco everything Punch. everything I see her in, I see fucking Carmela Soprano. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, someone gotta smack that bitch. <laughs> just like oh my god so wonderfully done great to see Prin- <laughs> great to see princess in the live chat great to see alan uh trish is awesome and it's it, yeah i just i'm just i'm really loving the loving this actress performance of the character and what i meant to say before was tri- this season so far is a lot about the secondary characters i heard the directors and the showrunners talking about how they wanted to uh, well, li- I don't condone violence against women, by the way. Live- against men. Uh, living, livening up the world. But Trish, it, this she's definitely the second lead this season. It's yep. especially these couple of episodes. The second episode in particular was a very Trish-heavy episode. And she is they're giving her a lot more shit to do this season, which is leading into possibly her comic storyline with the Hellcat stuff. Uh, but it's, it's just, or something different that the show is going to take that and riff on it as these Netflix series tend to do sometimes. So I'm very interested in seeing where Trish goes and let's keep watching it. I know every time I know Joe, every time I see that actress, I hate her characters. Uh, uh, broke, broke, trying to encourage me. I do owe princess two shots and try to encourage me to get, to get drunk at one 30. Well, tomorrow's going to be a snow day. So tomorrow's going to be, I'm stuck in snow. So then we go, Trish says uh, she slept 26 hours. Then we find out Jess is in jail. Mom says Jessica sucks, brings out the worst in you, and cable news called, as Joe said. So then Jessica talks to Malcolm on the phone about how Price was casing the place and a lot of other stuff and took a lot. Jessica's trying to be nice and not alienate, and she needs Malcolm, so he's all in. The nurse stays with him, and tries, and he tries to find out everything she knows. She doesn't really talk to him too much, but he presses her a little bit. So as we get to see Jessica's mom, we go to her pad and she sits down for some piano lessons. This was probably my favorite scene with her in both episodes. She starts learning to song and she's pretty good on the piano. Who, who does who this? Who does this, Joe? I couldn't who wait. I couldn't wait. fucking does I this? I could not wait to talk to you about this. Who would you ever in your life, unless you really knew the neighbor, not just met them once and saw them on the street? Not I play music, okay? Not well. Whatever. You guys hear me play drums sometimes for whatever it's worth. I play music, play guitar. Sometimes we're jamming in my house really quiet. I have a friend that's a piano player, Jeff, that comes by sometime and plays piano uh, or has on occasion. Nowhere in my history of my life in playing music, and I've lived next to a lot of babies, I've bumped into 
people outside the house that said, oh, my baby really liked the song listening from my window. So I brought them up to the window. No one has the balls to do this. And I don't mean it in a bad way, especially nowadays. No one would ever do this. This is this is the most unrealistic thing. In a- this is fucking. And, and then, like, do you want to hold them? Yeah, like, what? Hand your baby over to a stranger. Yes, I, perfect, Joe. Yes, I want to hold him. Seriously, though, in in a show with supers and dudes that can't, their skin can't be penetrated, and super powered, uh, super powered people, and and blind assassins, and dudes with iron fists and shit like that. Psychopaths everywhere, blowing this, the world up. This is the most unrealistic thing to happen on one of these Netflix yep. series. I'm sorry. Yep. It really. <laughs> I agree, Phil. It like, I agree. I mean, this it, is this what is... I have a problem with, dude. No, oh, I... my baby's been crying all day. I, I, we just love your music, Miss Stranger. I know your head is always down, and you've ignored me for months. But remember that one time I said hi. You want to hold my baby? Let us come in and listen to you play music. No, dude. No. Just fucking no. No, it's bullshit. Paul Q says, I'm totally doing it now because TV says it's normal. Paul, you see what happens. You call us from jail. You call 781-990-8509 for your... Better yet, go up... Yeah, just keep going. Go up to every house you hear music playing in. (laughs) And knock on the door. door. And then, without a baby or with a baby, ask them if they want to hold your baby. Bring a... But but dress a chimp up like like a baby and give him a chimp. No, don't even have one. Even better. No, have a... Baby has been teething all day. No, have it be a cabbage patch doll or something. Driving like... me nuts. Nope, nothing. Nothing in his hands whatsoever. Driving I'm... me nuts. But as soon as we heard your music, he stopped. Want to hold him <laughs> while we listen? <laughs> I th- I think we should do this, Joe. I think we need. To, I think no a, baby, no baby. Though. A video no call, no baby. Video coming, everybody. Video coming soon. Please remind me about this broke in uh, a, I ain't the go, I ain't going to jail. I'll sit in the car and videotape. <laughs> no, no, no. We just have to make a video of what not to do. <laughs> so so it'll be so it'll be it'll be, uh, it'll be fake, Joe. I, I won't. This is this isn't any. Uh, this isn't real. We're not. We're not fucking Tom Green. <laughs> Do a bunch of prank videos. Yeah, we're we're, we're not Tom Green or Nathan oh, for you, my baby, <laughs> or Nathan for you, or some shit like that. We're not that. Um, did I? I didn't know there is a spin that makes oh. Phil review something. Could I, for example, pick the Real Housewife of New York and Melrose Place? You could pick anything. If it lands, anything. If, it, if it lands on that, you could make me review anything. Dude, even better. That's too much up Phil's alley. Don't do that. No, not like, that shit. Wanna, not you want to do something like uh. Make them make them review. No, like, I already uh, have one, Joe. So the last person that won that is I, I have to I have to review it. I'm reviewing an anime, like a like a hardcore anime. Okay, I was gonna say that. That's yeah, I was yeah. that was on my list. Yeah, that, that was on my list. That, we are. I'm, so I'm having your, uh, I'm having King King Baby Duck coming on to do that. Uh, aren't we getting Beverly Hills 90210 reviews next rewatch? I do of Beverly Hills 90210. There will be recaps of it. Anyways, to continue, as anyone who's watching Jessica, Jessica Jones like, he likes 920, let's turn this review off. These socks, fuck this guy. Unsubscribe. So then the door, uh, so, oh yeah, this woman's like, can I hold your baby? And the baby starts crying and isn't enjoying the music. And the woman doesn't leave. So I don't blame Jessica's mom for doing what she does. She starts playing more aggressive and making the baby cry more. Cry more. <laughs> she starts banging on the piano. <laughs> 
That'll teach you, you stupid fuck. What you think was gonna happen when you walked up to a stranger's house? Really, you didn't start pounding the baby before she went and sat down for the piano. Holy shit! I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your practice. Let me get the fuck out of here. What an idiot! Oh, <laughs> sorry, my voice just cracked there. Uh, no, no, yes, exactly, broke. No, we can't do it that way. We're very close to 12,000 subs, so if anyone hasn't already and they're watching this, please hit the sub button. Help push us over there. Help us get uh, to 15,000. That's our newest goal, so help us get there, and if you know someone that might enjoy the channel, share the channel with a friend and join along for this silly fucking ride talking about these TV shows, movies, and silly shit. So, uh, K-Rich says, baby doll in a baby carriage on a crowded street. The possibilities for pranks gone bad are way too many. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, so we continue. So, so, she breaks the piano. Hulk smashes it. It just destroys it. It's, it's, it's honestly one of the best scenes in, in the season so far for me. And I'm no, it was just great. It was comical, though. It was, it was very, very funny. So uh, then we see Jess and Hogarth in the cops. And guess what? Speaking of it, I don't know if this is why you thought about this, Joe, but who's one of the cops? None other than Adi fucking Buko. Adi fucking Buko, the fucking cook from the fucking Sopranos. Yeah. So Artie Buko, and he gets some meaty shit to do. Uh, not in the initially. Like, I didn't even recognize him the episode before. I don't even know if it was if he was in the episode. Yeah, I think it was him. Yeah. But, it, but it didn't connect with me until the back half of this episode when he gives Jessica the little, the first time someone says, I'm glad you fucking killed Kilgrave. He was a piece of shit. He made me, he, he held, he forced us all to have guns to our heads and I still feel that. And thank you for doing what you did. And I just want to be on your side. Can I just work with you? Be fucking yeah, community. It all went away me. the day you fucking killed him. Me yeah. having to live that nightmare over and over yeah. again went away the day you fucking took that son of a bitch out. Thank G you. Great scene from Adi fucking Buko. So, uh, so then we go. So anyway, so Artie Buko from The Sopranos, and he tells the cops that another. She tells the cops that another special is stronger. IGH can. Uh, it hurts people's side effects. One cop seems very interested. The other ones more can't prove they're doing the good cop bad cop thing. But I don't think they're really doing it. So Jessica starts telling them from the start everything everything she knows, or not everything, but a lot of what she knows. Then we see Malcolm interrogate the nurse. Kind of already talked about this. <clears throat> So we go back all over over to Jessica in jail, and it's a lot of processing time, and Hogarth's wanting to be sick. We see the hint of, not the hint, the lead up of Hogarth getting sicker and sicker, and, and we also explain, or ex talks a little bit more about the experiments, which perks Hogarth's eyes. This is when she starts getting her plan that, oh, oh, okay, these ex this IGH can save people. I need to learn more about IGH. What do you yep. think just in general? We yada yada through it a little bit before, but I'm enjoying the Hogarth stuff a lot more this season than I did last season. I'm I, I think there's I enjoy that they're giving us more of her character and I and in a in a similar way to Deep Space Nine, ding ding ding, everyone drink, where we have like a lot of gray characters that aren't good or bad. It's Hogarth and seeing her more from a wide-angled lens is really kind of cool because she's definitely a very flawed character. and self-centered. Completely, completely. And it's I love seeing characters like that that aren't comic. <laughs> funny talking about this that aren't hollow characters that aren't that aren't just caricatures or easy. Oh, okay, this is the bad person. Because Hogarth does have some positive qualities. She does care about Jessica, and she's doing it pro bono. She usually comes out on the right side of things for the most part. And I, you can't blame her that someone that's a little 
wobbly on the law that's getting this desperate when facing a life sentence like this. Again, it all checks and balances. It all makes sense for the character. It's not out of character for her to do this, but it's also not out of character for her to see herself help out when she shows up in other shows where she, for as a force of good or to defend a character that we like or something. But I, uh, yeah, Car- she, she hasn't been a bad, she hasn't done anything like bad, bad yet. Has she? No, not really. I mean, except for last season, as Carrie says, I loved Hogarth and her wife slicing each other up last season. Sorry, but I did. Hogarth's going to IGH. She hears about this healing Jesus dude and got all wet. Great to see grumpy old men. Great to see everyone in the live chat. You guys are fucking awesome. Alan, not to spoil anything, but just to give a tease, says everyone's in for a treat if uh, for, with Hogarth for the rest of the season. So then we go off to our, then we have the scene I talked about with Artie Boko and or we're the beginning of the scene where Artie, where I immediately, this is when I knew he, who he was. And he starts going through the pictures of showing the other super jumping out. Thanks, Artie, as he says, uh, the dreams, the bad dreams I had stopped the day that you took that fucker out. So Jess asks Hogarth to watch the nurse that used to work for IGH. Jess did not tell the cops this. And uh, she says, you're paranoid. Uh, your paranoia is exposing you, says Hogarth. So Chang shows up, and Chang's just a douchebag. And this is where you might get that change up that you were talking about, Joe, where we get where we get this guy to almost be a force of good on some level, because I think Jessica might have slapped him across his face and woke him up in this situation. Yeah. And been like, listen, dude, you're a fucking, you know, you're an idiot. idiot. You're an idiot. Like, and... Uh, Helen says, I pray for the review of here to come. Honey boo boo of Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that'd be awesome. Let me spin that wheel. Thank you, Helen, for the super chat donation. And let me do, and let's see. Let's, we're starting again. If anyone's watching this video later, again, we apologize for the technical difficulties. Shit comes up and hopefully we're streaming again. Helen, you did not land on pick a review but what you did land on is everybody drink so now i owe you three drinks so i need to go get something to drink in a second here and uh i don't have anything to drink and uh, you can guzzle some coffee or something joe if you want katie's not back with my tea yet i don't have any coffee brewed so i was waiting for tea she should have been home like so so chang shows up and he's a shitty investigator i'll go get my drink i'll drink for the team then and uh when and uh and sorry okay so chang shows up and jessica calls him a shitty detective so then we go back to her office and the new laptop and the paint job she needs a drink we see the nurse girl that stole her boot or and she's like they stole my booze too and no uh, malcolm cleaned up the place and made a little place to put the bar we see a janitor confess to murder but or, oh, then we get the investigation. We see Jessica doing some more detective work, as Joe mentioned earlier in the podcast. Jessica, there's a lot of detective work this season. And it's the nurse dude, the nurse, we find out that there is an orderly that was accused of the crime that the mother committed of snapping the other nurse's neck. So he's in a mental institution and Jessica needs to go in and find him. He's actually not just in a mental institution. He's held in the same place that held Hannibal Lecter. Apparently he's like in a cage in a booth. He's, he's, it's a very specific situation. It's pretty awful. And, uh, (laughs) Helen says, uh, princess says she's going to donate till she gets the honey boo boo. But then she, so Jessica says, I need to see this dude in institution. And Hogarth takes the nurse and she, and, uh, she promotes, 
she promotes Malcolm and instantly regrets it. But then, uh, but then uh, she escapes and goes after her, and she's uh, Malcolm's like, "Don't be an idiot," and Jessica can't just can stop this woman. Malcolm's like, "I don't want to bail you out too." So Jessica knocks on the door, uh, the door of the downstairs dude, and she apologizes to him. I need ID. I need ID. So Joe, I'm gonna run and get the get a drink. Why don't you tell talk a little bit about this scene with Jessica trying to get forgery dark documents and her relationship with this guy just a little bit, Joe? I have nothing to say. They're just fucking. Do they start fucking here? I don't even know. I like three episodes deep, two days ago. Oh, all I know is that you've come to get illegal documents from me. I see. Make me do illegal stuff. But he does it for. Her. Of course, he's going to do it for. Her. So he takes her picture, and uh. I don't even know if this is where they fuck. Is this where they fuck, Phil? I'm going to wait for Phil to get back with his <laughs> bottle of Citron or whatever that is. I, they fuck here? Is this where they fuck? No, no, they fucked in the last episode. In the in the paint? Uh, they didn't fuck in the last episode. Oh, they no, you're, 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 conf- you're confusing it with... Uh, or did- Oh, did they? Oh, no, no. It, well, you're right. You're right. It's uh, So Jessica knocks on the door of the downstairs dude. She apologizes about the cops, and he says, I still owe you for not... I'm confusing it with the two episodes. You are right. And not letting my kid die. He says dinner. She says a date. He says dinner or something else. And uh, no, that was in the last episode that they fucked in the paint, Joe. That was in uh, episode... episode the, pr- the previous three-episode block. I think we already talked about that. So, uh, and uh, he needs the name of the hospital and a pic, and he takes a picture of Jessica to to uh, get the forgery ID so she can get into the hospital. So then we see Griffin. And no, this is where he says, asks for the date. They didn't fuck yet. No, they did. They, they, he, they fucked last episode. They totally did. This is, this is definitely after Joe. So Griffin and Trish says, uh, we'll see if the, uh, see if the live chat uh, agrees or disagrees with me. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll catch up. And uh, retry or get drunk. I need Joe to watch uh, Honey Boo Boo. I need Fire and Fury. You know these two were going to bump uglies. You might be right, Joe. I could be wrong. You may be right. I could be wrong. So uh, then Trish and her mom go to the rooftop garden restaurant and put your be- face forward. And uh, bum, 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 bum. Uh, Trish's oh, whole family is there. Call. Right. And she's gonna be she's gonna get married and uh, b- propose. It's this wonderful proposal. And Trish says thank you. And uh, and he goes, uh, the, "This thank you wasn't really a yes." And Trish says, "Nope, I don't really want to marry nope, you." It wasn't. It wasn't. We need to talk. So we see Malcolm and Hogarth have a funny piece of business with with uh, that Jessica has. Jessica has no friends. The nurse says Malcolm is the worst kind of person. He pretends to care, and Jessica comes to pick up her stuff and gets a full court press from the mom, and and from the and this is when she comes to pick up her ID and he gets she gets the full court press from the mom who's who and the kid the kid's like, you want to just stay for dinner and the mom's like don't bother Jessica and. Uh, your father won't like that. And the kid's like, no, dad would love if Jessica stayed for you. Yep. And they're all flirty. And she, he offers her a drink, but it's the drink, the first thing she got drunk on. It's like Southern Comfort for me. And she can't drink it without getting sick. Uh, Phil, now is your chance to rig the spin so it went land on review so Helen can keep donating. I know. Here we go. Let's see, Ellen. Here's your second your spin. Let's see if you can get Joe and I watching Honey Boo Boo. If that's what you, oh my goodness. if that's really what you want. Holy shit! Holy shit! Don't do it. It's landed on Joe. Do a character in impression. <laughs> so, Helen, 
any character from Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or just no Jessica Jones. Do a Jessica Jones character impression, Joe, when you get a chance. Think about it and it needs to come out. It'll come out naturally. Or if Helen has a very specific character that she has in mind, she can let you know in the live chat. Oh, my goodness. It happened eventually for Broke. It took Broke a little bit. Okay, so then we go to Hogarth and the Nurse talking about the awesome thread count and why the fuck she's there. Tell me what you want. And Hogarth wants to know everything about IGH. So then Jessica shows up at the hospital, and she still has the, the tag on her uh, uniform. And she goes in and talks to the dude in the Hannibal Lecter thing. Hi, I'm Dave. And what ultimately comes from all of this is that it's an interesting scene, but ultimately what comes out of all of this is the octopus thing, that the only thing he can really give her about the doctor is that they both like octopuses, and he used to take him to the aquarium every day. Ten years ago, right? Ten years so ago. Of course, he still goes there every day. Yep. Oh, and everyone in the live chat, just for the benefit of Jessica Jones right now, uh, Mel already did that. Mel says, the first time I was drunk was on Southern Comfort 2, mixed with Mountain Dew. Gross. Gross. Yeah, gross. And uh, everyone in the live chat, talk about what the first thing you got shit-faced on, got drunk on. For me, it was Southern Comfort. The first thing I ever did. For me, it was uh, three different types of beer, uh, Jack Daniels, five Jello shots, peach schnapps, Peach liqueur, and there was a keg there that we had been drinking off of too. But oh my god! And uh, I got really sick. Yeah, you did. I or I know I wasn't there, but I remember early Joe drunk moments. You would drink just oh, a yeah. little. I would just fucking down a bottle of JD like it was nothing, and then explode. Yep. It it'd be it'd be horrible. Foggy, yeah, we do get fo- uh, fog. I love Foggy. Oh yeah, Foggy, do do an impression of uh, Foggy that. Paul says. Paul, Paul's taking uh, Princess's pick here to let, let you know. It. Can, you do, can you do Foggy Nelson? Think, think about it, Joe. Think about it. And uh, Can't we all just get along? Uh, Why do we have to all just go fight? Come on, let me in. Let me in. I can be your, I can be your, your friend. You don't have to kick me out all the time. Where? 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 That was, the, that was the best I got. Good job. Good, good job. I thought you were going to go with the Fulton Reed thing. If, if, if that was on me, I'd be, I'd be like, I'm a mighty duck. Quack, quack, quack. That would, <laughs> that, that would be my Foggy Nelson impression. So uh, please do Chewbacca, Joe, she says. Find the right time. Find the... <laughs> <laughs> I can't throw one, I'm so throw, right now. Throw one more Chewbacca <laughs> in at some point in time in the show for, uh, at, at the, right, the right opportunity. So, okay, the octopus. Then Detective Artie Lane gets called and gets updated about what's going on. So then we get, um, oh, sorry, I'm, try- I'm trying to read my writing. So then we go back to Jessica Jones, who's at the aquarium with a fun voiceover about, about killers in a tank circling each other. And I love, I love every one of her voiceovers. She does, she's, she's really good at it. Not everyone can pull off the voiceover. She, right. she, she does it exceptionally well. Bill, please do Chewbacca. That's horrible. That was, a, that was more like Chewbacca's. Uh, it's better than mine. Was it, was it a little bit? I don't know. I don't know if it was, it was that good. Uh, I can't do it. Should we do? Should, should, we, should, we, should we do this part of the review, Joe? Like we're the star. Like just in, just in Wookie. Sorry, I was trying to be. <laughs> That's our rendition of this section of the Jessica Jones review. <laughs> Done in Chewbacca language. Yeah, in Ch- Chewbacca, he is Done a Wookiee. <laughs> Kashyyyk? 
Is it? Is, is it? Is it? Kashikish? Kashikish? Yiddish? Oi, good to know. Do we speak in Yiddish? But no, thank you. People that are listening to the audio podcast right now are like, what the fuck? They're in their car somewhere listening to this audio. They're like, what am I doing? What am I doing right now? And so, anyways, we come to. And not to mention all the the big break in the middle with the uh, with the dropped frames there. So then it's a day at the aquarium with Jess with the voiceover. Okay, so she stays. She spends a lot of time at the aquarium, and eventually the guy shows up, and and the mother shows up, and they kiss. And the doctor spots Jessica, says her name. The mom punches the tank and runs out. And then they ended at sort of a cliffhanger, but they don't actually complete the complete the cliffhanger in the next episode just to see what happens and i love jessica's response in the next episode some people got hurt and some fish died <laughs> so yeah. but it, but it was it was kind of a fun visual where you see the thing crack and then jessica's face like fuck i'm about to get wet and that that is the episode it, like fairly her her like knees down that's it her <laughs> knees down and her phone that was all that got wet people are people are uh people wanted subtitles for our discussion joe our, our true our true bucket discussion you guys in the live <laughs> chat you can see you're the words you would have had to be our uh had to be our uh subtitles there okay so i fell through the t- <laughs> i fell through the table on gin like tommy boyce's paul and reenacted chewbacca in the porg scene i had with the eyes and stuff like you're about to eat you're about to eat me joe and i'm giving you eyes so we go back and uh we're, we're gonna get to that a little bit later when i'm gonna demand joe looks at me when i talk about us a, a certain look second at me. look at me i see you joe <laughs> wait joe here we go here we go yeah. i see you phil i see you joe look at me joe look at me oh god did you lose respect for griff <laughs> i see you I love that. Okay, so Jessica Jones season two, episode six, aka FaceTime, is our next episode. Back in everyone's ex- exiting the aquarium, and uh, a little bit everything on Jessica's dry except for her phone. And I like how she immediately goes to a shop to try to get a bag of rice and throws her phone into a bag of rice and looks at a magazine, nice. gives a girl a, a stink eye. I-, I can attest that that if it's quickly wet, not submerged, that will work. If it's uh, if it I have done the rice trick before, and it actually did work for me. So, the, I mean, the phone worked a little hinkily afterwards, but for the fact that I dropped it in a puddle of like a, a small puddle out, like I got out of the car and it, my phone fell in a puddle and temporarily didn't work, and I put it in rice for twelve hours and it worked. So, I guess I can vouch for that. Or, or just twelve hours later, the water evaporated. Right, and I, I think that's the whole thing. The rice theoretically helps the water evaporate a little quicker. Oh, it just gives your mind something to think about that it's working. Just grab, fuck, pull your battery out and grab a hairdryer. Yeah, it, it could be placebo effect there. So then we see uh, we see the guy, someone someone in the live chat or in the comment section, give it, if you know the science of it, give the it rice will The rice will enter your little ports right down here, right? Your headphone jack and your charging jack. It'll fit in there right perfectly, right? And then it will absorb the moisture and fill up that crack and then you won't get that shit out because it'll dry and it will be stuck in all the fucking grooves. You'll be fucked. Motherfucked. So, uh, <laughs> so use long grain, I guess. <laughs> Hope that little particles don't also get in there, get wet, get stuck. 
always Don't use rice. There's better. There's better options. Alan says was always the life of the party with my sorority friends. They were a delight. Oh, talking about are you, someone talking about Jello shots up there. No, it's not someone talking about Jello shots. Mm, Jello shots. Uh, why is everyone? Why is everyone's phone off? Who turns off their phone for 12 hours nowadays? I, I haven't turned my phone off in three weeks. Or or no, uh, th- I was going to say three months. I haven't, I haven't, I never turned my phone I'm off. More than like a half a second to reset it. Or yeah, something. just to re- just to reset or it. Or because the battery dies. Yeah. Or because or the battery dies. That's that's basically the main reason that it turns off. So her, fo- the, her phone works after the rice trick. She's that the guy, Doc, had a wedding ring on, what she thinks is a wedding ring on. She circles it. Malcolm later figures out that it's actually a class ring, which drives him back to his old school to try to investigate the doctor and get more information. I'm also enjoying Malcolm this season. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about his character getting more to do, but I'm generally enjoying the character as I think Joe's spotting his tea showing up. And uh, and which will cause Joe to do a Chewbacca very soon. <laughs> uh, Joe, if you want to step away for a second and get, and, and get and get your drinks and stuff, feel free. Uh, so she'll she'll bring it to me because she's awesome. So then we and see she knows I'll love her forever if she does. Okay, so we see Je- she doesn't. I'm gonna smack myself. So Jessica heads downstairs and the music's loud. Jessica wants booze. We see some backstory about him as the husband and a dad, blah, blah, blah. Jessica cares as little as I do. She does not want to be alone tonight and he kisses her. So, the, oh, okay. So uh, she's really, oh, Joe is right. I'm wrong. Joe is right. I'm and wrong. And they fuck in the purple paint. And they fuck in the purple paint right here. So uh, everybody, I apologize a thousand times to Joe. Joe is right today. I am off. But you were right. It was in like the second to last episode you watched. Right. Except, hey, it just wasn't in the last group of episodes. You're, you know, there's always a way to be right, Phil. You, you could, hey, I, I know that's how you get by through life. Of a, a <laughs> there's always a way to be right. There's always a way to circle around things to be right. I, that's an excellent, excellent point, Joe. It's something I should take advantage of more often in life. So, so. Trish, then we then we get a really fun scene with Trish walking down the street, looking like looking like she's fucking on. She she's here is everything. This is where she's on NZT and she's ready to pounce. And this leads. Oh yeah, she's on the hunt. She's on the prowl for anything. For anything, and then she goes on to the bus, which is a fucking. You look scene. suspicious. I'm gonna beat you up. And the, and the dude <laughs> pulls. And the dude pulls out a self help book, and she's just like, "Fuck, I can't." What be- a bigoted fucking douchebag she I, is. Huh? I can't beat this dude's ass and then you hear in the sound this is what's weird you hear someone say i think you touched me what the fuck do you do and then the guy says no he didn't touch me and then trish just pounces this guy and kicks his ass off the off the bus and then turns to everyone and says can i get some applause here come yeah, on you're welcome you're welcome i'm amazing <laughs> i love it so the next morning she uh uh, Jessica wakes up to this creepy guy watching her and painting her while she sleeps, and he's and she's like, "You're you're just watching me while I sleep? Are you creepy or something?" And he just he just kind of laughs. Not finished yet. He just laughs it off. He's like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm just watching." Yep. This happens every time I do it to the, one of these girls. Uh, Paul get pissed that I'm, I'm just staring at him creepy, and then I give him the painting, and they're like, "Oh, he's so awesome." Yeah, th- this is my this is my this is my move. Why do you think I'm trying to learn how to draw? This is my I can move. Drop pictures of Katie while she sleeps. Don't worry, it won't be creepy, creepy, sweetie. Of those feathers, just uh, lift too late. She says, <laughs> "Lift your feathers." The, Alan says, "More of the downward spiral of Trish." 
So then we see. Uh, oh, his. Nope, that just sounds like I'm drowning. <laughs> judo kick is right, Paul. She's like, Judo kick, Falcon punch. So Malcolm says good morning, and uh, as Jess shows up and he says, "You're doing the walk of shame." I see you're a bedhead. I, you ba you bang the neighbor guy. Uh, you you're fired. And Malcolm says, or she says, "You're fired." And he says, "No." Uh, and he pulls over. She pull. He. This is where he shows her that the ring's not a wedding ring on the doctor. It's a university ring, and he doesn't want to go back to his old school. It didn't end well because he got on academic suspension for drug <laughs> use. And Jessica says, "I don't give a fuck. Go there anyway." So then we see Hogarth house and she got all this shit to make the nurse talk and the nurse basically doesn't tell her shit and uh hogarth's like you're useless to me get the fuck out of here <laughs> or no she doesn't tell her to get the fuck out but she basically that's what her attitude she immediately goes you're useless you made me buy all this shit and you don't even know anything so then we see trish and jess have another hangover where she says no at oh where they talk about trish uh trish refusing the wedding stuff at the wedding proposal and jess says well, that guy was – he just sucked all the oxygen out of the room. You you, you had to say no. F fuck that. She, she just yeah, we all know you need to be the center of attention. Exactly. I know you better than anybody. You need to be the center of attention. You could never have married that guy. And, yep. <laughs> it's not creepy when other guys do it, says Paul Q. <laughs> I haven't watched it, K-Rich, but it is on my DVR. So I'm, Stephanie and I are watching it tonight. Uh, Cammy's – oh, hey, Cammy. Great to see you in the live motherfucking chat. Thank you for sharing it and liking it. Lots of love to Cammy. Lots of love to Sean in the live motherfucking chat. Thank you so much for the amazing comment you left the other day, Sean, and uh, or the or sharing the uh, the tweet. Fucking let's uh, let's demand Talking Dead have Joe and I on. Demand. We would be the we would be the best guests on Talking Dead oh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> People think we'd be nice. <laughs> Anyways, no, we'll talk about that in two weeks. So we go off to uh, Malcolm at his old school. He meets an old classmate that's his old girlfriend, and it's blah, 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 blah. So Hogarth says to uh, to the nurse, get out of my house, and she's going to steal all Hogarth's stuff and peace out. Or she's talking to Jessica on the phone. She says, I can't wait for this person to leave. She can live on the fucking street as much as I fucking care. And then she goes and steals a bunch of Hogarth's jewelry and her drugs and she noticed oh now i get the feels she's dying she's dying she's dying the the nurse vibe kicked on in and she started to care so uh, do you buy this joe do you buy this uh this 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 uh hero turn no she's grabbing that shit and leaving yeah. fuck that and uh so trish if she value self-preservation she should be out the door so trish doing the same thing as me right now eating a big sandwich walking down the hallway so trish is eating a big sandwich and they find they find the guy they look they they're looking for the guy or sorry they look they need to find the guy they're looking for trish has some issue says some has some sauce on her leg and malcolm kind of a wipes the goes listen you have some uh sausage on your shirt yeah. your jacket oh my god and they start flirting and jessica says get the fuck out of here no one wants to see you two flirting and jessica's speaking for the audience right there and or and then trish uh is trish starts thinking about banging him when jessica says he has a crush on you and trish goes hmm i yeah that's like i'll put that in my back pocket thank you jessica and stop leading him on. Leading him on? No, I'm, I'm single. I'm not leading him on. I'm going to fuck him in about 20 minutes. Yeah, just give me 20 minutes or so. It's not going to take too long. 
Patsy seems like a delight. Right up Alan's alley. I love you. I love you, Alan. So uh, Jess has some. Okay, so then this leads them to. Oh, another doctor. That's what I meant a second ago. This leads them to this this uh, this golfing guy that owns a pantyhose company that uh, is paying all Doctor Carl's expenses. Did you recognize him? No, I did not recognize who this guy is. Total Recall. I got five kids. Oh, this is the uh, this is the. Uh, I got four kids. This is the cab driver. This is the cab driver yep. from Total Recall. Yep. Yep. Oh, I did not recognize him. Good pick, Joe. And uh, and uh, it, until someone fax checks you because of the Jack nope, situation. Nope. Nope. I caught that shit <laughs> okay. right away. That okay. Is absolute on. Fuck yeah. That is the cab driver from the original Total Recall. So this leads them to another guy paying the doctor's expenses. They go to the cab guy that drive Quaid and, and uh, screwed him over to Cohagen. And, uh, and the mute, he was a, one of the mute, mutants. He right. had like this big and long he, fucking room. Yeah, and he ended up be fucking it, fucking Quaid yeah. over oh, and then selling out. I'm gonna kill you in the drill tank. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to a they go they go to a golf club to try to talk to this guy, and this is where Trish goes full Trish for for good rather than evil, so to speak. And they can't get in because it's an all guys club. So Jessica's just like fuck this, I'm I'm going in anyway. And Trish goes, I'll distract them at the front. And how are you going to distract him? It's Patsy. And she walks up and goes full on like every. Yeah, like they haven't dealt with this a thousand times. They just laugh at it. They're almost. They're how almost... many wives have come up on this club looking for their fucking cheating ass rich billionaire husband, millionaire husband. You know what I mean? Sorry, ma'am. You can't come in. Yeah. And they, ju- they just smile at her. And it really, if you notice, it doesn't do anything because the guards still harass Jessica when she's on the golf course and she just tosses them. It's not like Patsy was really doing much other than just making a fool out of herself in this situation and being annoying because yep. she ha- felt like having some fun. Yep. But I guess it did distract the front the front people a little bit. But OK, so Jessica bends one that tries to get information out of this guy. Ultimately, he tells her, excuse me. That he recognizes that she might be one of the doc, one of the patients that Doctor Carl saved. Uh, she wants him to tell her wh- how to find Doctor Carl. He says, "I'll never abandon him. I don't pay for everything for him. I don't pay for the experiments. I'm not that rich. Spray tannings killed the pantyhose business, but what I do open toed shoes. <laughs> but I owe this guy my son's life because my son was born with a birth defect, and his tactic uh, reversed it." Maybe it has. Maybe the insanity thing has to do with an age factor too, because a baby or a child can can deal with the. Or maybe again, it was a smaller case, but because it doesn't seem like the kid has any any uh, rage issues. Maybe it has specifically to do with Jessica's mother and how much of a rebuild that was, or something. Right. But but anyways, the kid the kid uh, he saved his child's life and helped him live a regular life. So this guy pays all his expenses like his living expenses and pays his his day-to-days and he Jessica, he won't tell jessica anything he's like you can beat the shit out of me i'm not going to tell you anything my kid's not gifted i don't give a fuck so jessica breaks up club and then just goes all off or just runs off then we go off uh to okay threatening you doesn't work i'm just gonna go find your kid and threaten him exactly and this guy calls the doctor and explains to him what happens we see that the doctor has drugged and and tied down his his uh, girlfriend Jessica's mother again, and he comes to her. He has all these vials of of uh, stuff to knock her out, so he can knock her out at any point in time. 
So uh, it's he's like Job from uh, from Arrested Development, uh, a little forget me nots. Anytime uh, the flashy thing from Men in Black. Oh, I gotta. Uh, yeah. yep. He's quick with it too. He's super quick he's with good that. Right in the neck, right in the jugular. <laughs> Just jam that fucking. However big that needle is, right into their fucking airway. Don't worry about Paul, it. Paul, it's funny. It's funny you say that because he totally does. The uh, the 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 pantyhose guy totally needs a bro or a man's ear. <laughs> he's got he's got the uh, the Hagen man titties. He definitely he definitely has uh, some serious under there but, somewhere. Yeah, no noticeable hanging man titties going on. on that dude, very excellent pickup, Paul. I actually had a note on that. I I yada yada through that a little bit. So. So, okay, so Jessica's going to stick around off to Trish because Trish starts throwing up while she's doing her Patsy thing on the front front, the front guard. Oh, yeah, she goes right into fucking withdrawals. Right, so she goes to right withdrawals. And they're like, I used to admire her. She's a fucking drug addict. Yada, yada, oh, yada. She's so gross. Yeah, she's so gross. And Jessica takes her home and starts acting nursemaid, but she can't get Jessica out of there in time. So Jess must know she's addicted to something. Jessica plays dummy the dunce here, but Jessica's not this stupid, is she, Joe? Apparently, do, but do you th- do you think she's just letting her sister go through her shit? But she actually knows yeah. not specifically what's going on. She's like she's addicted to something. I'm a I'm a drunk. Yeah, who am I to judge? Yeah, I guess it's probably a little bit of that too. And until until she absolutely can't handle herself, and she's and she's fucking around because we see in the next episode that it does reach a point in the, another life where Jessica comes to her and goes, "Listen, dude, you need to fuck it and get to rehab and." and stop this shit but but i guess j- it's more she's just seeing the signs of withdrawal she's not seeing like crazy annoying drugged up patsy i wonder what jessica's reaction is going to be when she figures out what's going on if she's going to just break the fucking inhaler on trish and break it in half and be like fuck you you, you can't use this anymore crash so yeah but she'll be that far gone where they'll need to get the doctor to just make more for him mm, for her right that's a good that's a good that's a good pickup it's it's patsy's vomit <laughs> broke so malcolm finds the inhaler and we see malcolm finds the inhaler and she and he he calls trish to tell her he has it and we see trish in the in the scene with uh, her pocketbook looking for the inhaler and going crazy. It's a classic attic moment, regardless of what, whether you were looking for that last uh, match to light the last cigarette. Everyone's been, anyone who's ever been addicted to anything has had this moment where you're looking for the shit you're trying to find, but the the stronger the addiction, the crazier you rip shit apart. And Patsy's just losing her shit, rips her pocketbook apart, sits down in the thing, uh, like all freaking out because she can't find what she's looking for. Yeah, where did she leave it anyway? She dropped it in the apartment. We see Malcolm pick it up, <laughs> which is what eventually leads Malcolm over to for uh, Sexy Time USA. So we see Hogarth in bed, bed, and the nurse comes in and shows her that she stole her pills and says, listen, I know what you want to know. I know what you have. This is what I'm going to tell you, that there's... There is this nurse says, I used to care. I used to care. She didn't tell her everything because she wasn't sure. There was another patient, a boy, that used to heal people with his hand. It was the Haitian from Heroes. No, they, they, they used to heal people with his hands. He didn't work. He didn't work every time. It made him sick to do it. But after I was attacked, he healed me. And. And yeah, so Hogarth finally gets some hope. I guess my question for you, because I missed that part. I missed that. I oh, did you miss that? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what the nurse tells Hogarth. And my question for you upon learning that information, 
I think it's very key that she says it does not work all the time. Do you think there's... It worked on Jessica, but not on the mom? Or may, I'm just mean with Hogarth's story. Do you think this season, with a little Miss Cleo hat here for a second, and I know some people that are going to watch this know what happens, is Hogarth cured of her ailment by the end of the of season? Course. You think, of course. Okay. Probably become supervillain or some shit. And uh, French Canadian Jason, I I called in uh, sick to watch this show. Mummy will be very mad. Mummy's <laughs> mummy is very mummy is very mad. She's very very mad. Wee wee wee. Mummy is mad. Oh, she is mad. <laughs> I am I am the French Jason. Me me me. Ma ma ma. Ch ch ch. Ha ha ha. T t t. Ka ka ka. French Jason is angry. Uh, sorry, sorry, broke heroes season two. Come three. on, enjoy my croissants. <laughs> you want you want a baguette? <laughs> really? I'm trying to think of that. What's that? Uh, uh, I was trying to think of the uh, uh, flight of the Concords. Fidi fa fa, ooh, fidi fa fa I forget. Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, so Trish answers <laughs> answers the door, and Malcolm's like, "Yo, I got your shit," and he's got the inhaler, and Malcolm is. Malcolm starts talking because he wants to open up. I met the ex today, and I'm feeling like the intellectual stimulation of the negative powers, the translation reign of human emotion. You know what I'm saying, Trish? And Trish is just sitting there like, like, okay, okay, this is my allergies. This is why my eyes hurt. I'll be right back. And she just runs to the bathroom. And again, Malcolm being an addict. Better now. I'm better. Hey, what's up? I just went to the bathroom. She's on NZT now, and she's like, what were you saying, Malcolm? And she listens to two seconds of what he's saying, and she's comp contemplated, and she goes, yeah. Yeah, forget that. Let's just fuck. Yeah, let's just fuck. And she jumps on him and uh, pulls down his pants, and we get some uh, bum, 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 diddy, bum, diddy, bum, diddy, bum. Look at me. And then we go, here we go. Wait, wait, Joe, I got to get the I, gotta, I need you to wait. look at me. Joe, let's get the music first. Look at me. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God damn it, Patsy, look at me. I see you. I see you. It was believable because she said it didn't work every time. I agree, I agree, K. Rich. It was not, oh, it works every single fucking time. And sorry for the uh, the Heroes Reborn trigger broke. <laughs> Look at me, broke. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I see you. I, I wanted her to turn and say, I, I see dead people. I'm definitely saying that to Katie next time we make love. <laughs> broke broke said it's in the Sauron voice. Uh, the the Sauron voice. Or no, the Sauron voice. I see you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at the eye. Look at me. Oh my goodness. It reminds me of like when the Joker in the dark night, look at me. Mira me. Look at, look at me. I see you. Joe, part, part, you. part of me uh, fantasized. Yeah, I fantasized about you. About doing the whole podcast that it was just us doing that scene over and over again. <laughs> I see you. I know. Look at me. I see you. Look at me. I see you. <laughs> We're freaking out, Princess Right Ash. Like, stop. I'm freaked out. I see you. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so and we we see sex from all kinds of camera angles. It's it's really it's 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 a lot of fun, 
And uh, okay, Rich is saying this is all, this whole thing is giving me flashbacks. Something weird is going on. And uh, <laughs> no, stop it, <laughs> Joe! Don't do it! Don't do it! We got full screen Joe going on right now. So uh, <laughs> we continue. <laughs> princess is dead. We've killed Princess. So Jess is alone. Hey, Joe, I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Frodo, I see you, Frodo. <laughs> I see you, Frodo Baggins of the Shire. <laughs> you will give me the ring. Hold on, I gotta get into my mound. <laughs> Paul says you guys ruined this beautiful scene for me, you assholes. I added asshole. And uh, and we're disgusted. We're uh, so creepy. We're creeping out, Princess and Mel. So here we go. Or I think I think Mel means the scene was creepy. So <laughs> that's how I'm gonna choose to interpret that. Yep. <laughs> we're turning Mel on. Are you kidding me? Oh, we're yeah, not creeping around. Of course, right. so totally. But all this shit on Jess Jones is oh, the yeah. creepy shit. Yeah, of course. So yeah, we're we're, we're amazing, Joe. So Jess is alone on the fence. She follows. Oh, okay. So. She follows her, uh, that dude's son, uh, Man Boob's son, and to <laughs> <laughs> Mel says, "If I have a weird sex dream about Frodo, it's, it's going to be all you, you guys' fault." <laughs> and the creepy scene was yeah, with the yeah. with Patsy. Oh and my god! Everyone, everyone knows is. it's Patsy. Patsy's there, and Frodo Baggins is there. I want your cray cray. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey! I want your cray cray. Oh wait, we we're well, we're we're gonna get into hey hey you want your cray cray in a little bit. <laughs> oh god, that that was the best television song since Let's Go to the Mall. So uh, I'm I'm very excited. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> Let's go to the mall, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, so Jess is a load of okay. So Jess finds this guy. She connects on Facetime with the dad and says, "Tell me what you know," and he tells her. So she. She played the pad with music. Okay, so she sees. Uh, sorry. Eventually, she finds the situation. She gets to the doc's house. I I'm yada yadaing this. It it's I like kind of just these notes. I was a little bit more simple. So she eventually finds the house. She gets into the house. She goes in there. She finds the pad that plays the music. For some reason, that I couldn't read this. It says pad that plays the music, but I'm like, that can't be what I meant to say. But no, it is. She finds the pad that plays the music. And she looks at all the drugs and stuff. And at this point, you can tell on Jessica's face that she knows it's her mom. And, and this is where it's not surprising when she comes to face to face with her. She her sees eventually. the bottle of booze in there. Right. The right. She spots the booze there in this moment, too. And she goes, she, she says something's up. She finds a door. She opens it. She finds a hospital bed that has some shackles there. She walks around. We see some anti uh anti scare cream perfume that smells familiar we see some perfume some yeah some anti scar cream we also see some perfume then that looks familiar the perfume then she, she sees the picture of her and her brother yep and the pieces all dun, 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 come, dun, dun, come together as uh as joe thank you for playing music i was gonna play a sound cue right there but uh but but your sound cue is better than it ever could be. Then she hears she hears uh she drops straight soap opera shit right there. And then it goes Well, that's not the music I wanted it to be, but I guess it works. And we find out this my woman My sister, my mother, my me face, my mother, my me face, my mother. 
Look at me, Jessica. No, and I see you. I see you. And Jessica sees her. The mother takes off the, <gasps> takes off the wig. We see the back of her head is the person we saw earlier. And her mother, It is. Her, she goes, Jessica, it's mom. And she nods. And that's the end of our episode six. We have one more episode to talk about here, which is episode seven. It's and it's a complete flashback. And it's a complete flashback episode similar to a Daredevil episode that we got in season one of Daredevil that we got from uh, Wilson Fisk. The episode where we sort of just flashed back with him and went all through his storyline in the episode. I love that they did this. It definitely informed things. It's better than doing flashbacks in an episode themselves. If you want to do a flashback like this, something like this, I like it better, especially in a binge-watchy kind of show. It was a weird place to leave off for a three episode arc. Yep. But it was It's actually it's actually really a good place to leave off for the three episode arc Exa- because of the of where we left off with like that cliffhanger that would have really sucked. So that still kind of leaves off the cliffhanger but it gives us like it fills in the whole backstory and then that's where the, that ends off and then we'll get back to our little cliffhanger there. It's almost like the mid-season break. Yeah. And I I actually really I, I actually really like it. And I know what I was saying last night, too, a little bit about this episode. It was more about the mom scene. I really love the Jessica stuff. I really love the Trish stuff. And I like more of the information about IGH and what's going what's going yes. on in this. And it really humanized a lot of the other elements in the show. You see the doctor's not a mad scientist. He really kind of cares. You see, kind of. Hey, you see like- that the mother is is, you yeah. know, just being a mother and is really kind of just, you know, fucked up from everything. A lot of good stuff going on, Joe. I mean, and and at, min- at minimum, you see that he likes the doors. So, uh, so he's the doors. Guy. And uh, there was a, a few T-shirt. The dead. He was the wearing dead, a dead yeah, shirt yeah, before yeah. the door shirt. So he's a, uh, so, the only two I caught. If you couldn't, if you couldn't catch that he was a hippie, uh, you 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 knew it then. And of hey, course, man, we're gonna rewrite DNA And of course, you have. Oh, whoops! <laughs> no, sorry. I wanted I wanted that to be the uh, the the what did Joe think loop. But, uh, but, but, and then of course you have, hey, hey, I want you cray cray. Hey, hey, I want you cray 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 cray. Hey, hey, give me your fucking cray cray cray. Hey, hey, the cray cray cray. And that's what this episode's called. And I like that this episode is called that. It's a funny section of the episode to see more Trish in prime crazy Trish place. Oh, there was some great. Great scenes. Great scenes with Trish and Jessica. Yep, of course. Uh, So let's get into this episode a little bit while Joe runs off for a moment. So we hear the voiceover of Jessica's mother, and she takes over the prime point for this episode. It is basically her story in this. It's It's what she's telling Jessica from a story standpoint, even though we do get some stuff that she wouldn't know in the flashback at the same time. So you can think that the section that is the doctor section and the section about Jessica and her boyfriend to a certain extent is is the stuff that the mother's telling her. She doesn't know about the Trish stuff. Hey, hey, I want you cray cray. <laughs> I love that fucking song. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So, again, we hear the voiceover of Jessica's mother. It's her episode. We see things from her perspective after the accident. She tries to get things uh, get things up, and, uh, and she gets up after the accident. And no shit, like, no shit. The, the makeup that they used in this scene, why was the makeup of Jessica's mother 
better in this to be Freddy Krueger than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake we got a bunch of years ago with Jack E. Haley, was that his name? The makeup in this in this moment, her mother looked almost exactly like I could imagine Freddy Krueger really looking, like a recreation of Freddy Krueger. What the fuck did they do wrong, uh, or or at least a more interesting version of it, with less budget and less time to plan it out? They did a better job than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake movie. I know it's a minor thing, but it was something uh, that occurred to me when we see her looking like Freddy Krueger. I'm like, oh, whoa, this is a lot fucking better. Fuck this. And I owe, I owe Princess three shots, so there's my second of the three that I just poured. I'll drink it at some point when uh, the Celebrate Joe's return. <laughs> So uh, they, they, that reveal did nothing for me because I already figured it out beforehand. Uh, damn, damn, uh, better than Patsy. Uh, th oh, thank you, Alan. You like you like my uh, you like my cray cray song. Hey, you, you want that cray cray, baby? Hey, hey, give me hey, give me that cray cray. Hey, hey, give me the crays. <laughs> <laughs> The first pre-origin origin story. It's awesome. Uh, Re-fucking... Uh, remake fucking sucked. What'd you expect? It did fucking suck. It did fucking suck, and the makeup was su sucked, but it's just interesting in a quick passing scene that this was better than that whole movie was from the makeup standpoint. Uh, Broke says, My Funko Pop of Freddy that I left out in the sun a little bit too long looks better than that. Or no, my Funko Pop of uh, Jamie Lannister that I let out left out in the sun <laughs> makes me feel better. Lauren's Ca Connor in the live no. motherfucking chat. Great to see you. Did, uh, bu -bu -bu -bum -bu -bu -bum. Lauren asks, did, did Patsy just basically piss all over everyone just to get what she wanted? Power? Powers? Joe? Always. Yep. Yeah. When? What happened? Or just meaning like Patsy's arc this season. Uh, the question was, uh, did Patsy just basically piss all over? You of probably she did. Yeah, she did. She yeah. She was. She she got that inhaler. She's been using it right from the fucking go. She doesn't want anything to do with. <clears throat> like as soon as, it's all about power or fame for her, and for her, one kind of means the other most likely. She's all about getting what she wants. She wants to be the center of the room. You know, yep. She said it herself, and she she forgot all about Jessica in that other episode. And she when when it was about the interview, all of a sudden it was okay. Great, let me get the dress on. Let's go, mom. Let's get out of here. Forget not a single mention of Jessica at all. And then when then, after that, then when it was, am I get? Oh, it's just a proposal. It's oh, uh, fuck. Yep. I, I should have just stayed home. This isn't worth it. This isn't worth my time. Yeah. And this 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 whole part of Patsy, this pop star part of Patsy's past this is already after like the whole patsy show where she you know had that where she, yeah with the, where with she, the pro producer where guy. she was like a shirley temple here yeah, this so, is her big comeback like, it's all hey, about hey, what want you cray cray you know what can mom do for me otherwise hey, get away from me you know the whole pushing cray, jessica cray, to, to hey, into this whole cray. fucking investigation was all about her trying to get a story. Right, her her trying to become, her trying to be the man that she thinks she's in love with and to be that important. Yep. And now that she has a chance at superpowers too, she wants it both. She wants to be a better hero than Jessica. I, I'm sure when we, I talked about this a little bit earlier, what's going to happen when the confrontation between the two of them happened about what Patsy's doing and has powers or something. Patsy's going to come off or Trish is going to come off very much like 
I'll be a better hero. I'm not better than yeah, you. I'm going to be a better hero than you are. Fuck you. You don't even want to be a hero. Let me do what I want to do. I have these powers. I'm going to do something good. When you just fuck around and try to make money or being a uh, being a private dick, you know, you're not actually doing anything. You know, she's good. Yeah, go stay drunk. Yeah, go stay drunk. I'm going to be on things and I'm going to keep this city safe. You know, I'm going to be better than the daredevil. I'm going to be better than I'm going to I'm going to take over for the daredevil since he's dead. You know, like I'm going to be the new daredevil. Fuck you. You know, like, so she's going to be very arrogant about it when this all sort of comes down. Paul says, hilarious that that proposal flopped. Oh, it was fucking amazing. Abfab Patsy. Oh, yes, absolutely fabulous. I love to see Patsy on Abfab. Like, the later in life uh, Patsy, too. Uh, it's my favorite show ever. Abfab is a great. Uh, I used to I used to have a... Joe and I were friends with a couple of girls that were huge fans of that, Jen and Joanne. Uh, and that, oh, they were. Yeah, and they would, uh, they, would, uh, they would always, if they came over and it was a night of sandwiches and drinking and stuff, they would always demand that be put on. And I, I definitely got a little bit of an affinity for the show. And, and uh, they, them and their friend Kathy, all three of them, they, 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 at that stage in their lives, personified those characters and basically went out to try to replicate the, the replicate their adventures and stuff like that that's how big of characters they were we, joe and i didn't just watch the show we lived life we were we were out there uh watching <laughs> watching lived that life we were watching them so okay so th- we see uh jessica's mother and what i said the one thing i said before you left joe was at the beginning of this episode we see uh jessica's mother's face looking like freddy krueger and looking better than the entire nightmare on elm street remake movies makeup for freddy krueger so she's already uh, strong, and she pushes a nurse and beats down the orderlies. She grabs young Jessica and throws her down, and Dr. Carl— And we've seen all of these scenes in, like, flashbacks. In Jessica's flashbacks. And, or heard about them. Yep. And uh, and Dr. Carl sedates her and says, it will make you feel better. It was, uh, take, take one of these uh, mother, mother's little helpers. <laughs> go, to, go to sleep. So fast forward to her and the doctor can't get her mood right. She has rage fits. And five we, years later, or five something years like later, that. or something, or whatever it was. A few uh, did it did it say five years later? I might have missed it. It didn't. I think they might have said it in the dialogue, but it was definitely like now she's got a face back and like mm. it, that time has definitely passed. I think he said we've kept you in a coma for like five years or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so he just can't get her mood right. We learn in this scene, Joe and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, we learned that Dr. Carl's a hippie. He's cool, dude. He's like, you know, he's like, you're not on my level and I'm on your level. And when Jerry plays the rain man, he's like totally talking to me, man. Sorry, that's a little shout out to you. Yep, uh, nope. Yeah, that's a little back reference to our to our to our friend Jen. Love love you, Jen. Uh, so we see her going back and forth, trying to get better, finding out uh, what hurt about what hurts so badly. He wants to find out about her kids, and he basically leads it in. He goes, "Listen, got some bad news. Your husband's dead, or." And your no, your husband and son are dead. Jessica's been adopted. Jessica's out. fine. Or he doesn't tell her Half she's been adopted bitch. yet at this point. And Lauren, just to bring it, finish this. I grew up with Absolute Fabulous. The '90s was an interesting time in the UK TV history, says Lauren. Uh, Hel- Helen says, "Ha, so cool, Phil. I lived in Holland Park. Awesome, uh, great stuff going on the live chat. <coughs> I love you guys." And Broke says, "Yes, Joe, they did uh, mention a time skip." So we see her going back and forth, trying to get better, finding out how badly she hurt, uh, hurt people, and finding out of her kids. We get the feel. We get a feel for this doctor. He's crazed with helping people with genetic editing, rearranging DNA, healthy new biostructure. What's interesting is that Jessica's mother. 
I guess this is maybe some of the thing I didn't like as much that Jessica's mother like immediately had an understanding of geneticism on some level. It seemed a little convenient or she's just like, oh, I understand genetic e genetic rearranging DNA. Oh, is that what you're doing? But I mean, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'm being a little nitpicky there. There's some good and bad stuff here with Jessica's mom on her way back. to. I, that's basically what I said. There's some good stuff and some bad stuff with Jessica on her way mother back to health. All the scenes were good. Some of the performances were hit or miss for me from Jessica's mom standpoint. So then we get that oh, Brian and Philip died, but uh, Jessica survived and she's like, she's fine. Tr he's like, look at me. Trust. Look at me. Trust me. You can trust me. We also see Trish in her prime all fucked up. Trish is at her new video party. Hey, hey, you got my cray cray. And Jessica is not enjoying the video. I love I loved seeing this from Jessica's perspective. Hey, hey, I want you cray cray. And Trish is just looking constantly looking over to Jessica for verification. Hey, Jessica's all a good girl. I'm in school. I'm trying to do good. Why are you fucking with my shit? Trying to tell me all this crap. <laughs> Like, you're going to bring a party back to our house again? Come on. Go to a hotel room. Jesus, Trish man. ultimately convinces Jessica through her actions and her pressure and her fucked up nature to drop out of school. Yep. And that's not what she wants. To quit school because even though she's willing to pay for every last dime of it, but just because in that moment she felt like hurting her. Yep. And, uh, and it's... it's Classic Trish. If you don't have any nice words, just lie, Trish says. I could uh, win a VMA. This is really big, Jessica. I could win a VMA. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. Don't, don't, fuck, with my, don't fuck with my high, yeah, it's dude. Really, it's really Trish just picking a fight, like yeah. trying to be the, you know, like if you're going to be oh. in my, you know. K, K. Rich, thank you for that information. I did not remember that. And K. Rich is saying, remember that her mom was a super mathematician. I did not remember that. And that so fine. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense to me. And for the second and not last time on this podcast, I'm very wrong. So th so thank you for thank you for that, K. Rich, for that information. And uh, here we go. So I'm having. Uh, if you don't have any nice words, just lie. I could win a VMA. Uh, ba 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 ba. Don't do college because. Uh, you didn't go to college with me, Jess says, because your mom pushed you into doing this movie career after the Patsy thing faded. And are you having fun? And Patsy's like, oh, I guess I'm having fun. It's just like already all fucked up, like Sharon Stone in Casino. She basically, Sharon Stone in the second half of Casino is Patsy in yep, all these scenes. It's Patsy in this, uh, <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> just falling on... And then what happened to Patsy after all that time? The two million of two million in a uh, in a suitcase. She just ended up it's, dead. It's, it's late seventies, early eighties, Jenny. Yeah, Je Je exactly. Late seventies, <laughs> Jenny. Show was a smart lady. Yeah, it's it's that generation's Jenny. Exactly, Joe. Helen, Princess, thank you so much. I will save that last shot for you, or I'll take one more shot in your honor, even though you're not here. Or pour your last shot as you're leaving. That's what I'll do. Because I owe you three. And I, I'm a man of my word. I pay, I pay my bills. So thank you so much for the Super Chat donations, Helen. Maybe next time you'll get that uh, choose a review and can make Joe and I review Honey Boo Boo. Here we go. Mm. Holy fuck. The North definitely salutes you. Northeast salutes you, too. Okay, so you're having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having bourbon. I don't drink the bubbly. So more Jess and uh, Pat Patsy's mom. And 
it's just funny watching these two interact. I love seeing Jessica's whole reaction to this woman and how she just cast her out of her life and just calls her out on her bullshit and and threatens her. It doesn't actually hurt her, but this is another example of Jessica using her power for fun good rather than evil, where she's just like, I. she knows I can kill her, so I can basically threaten her and shut her up, but the mother knows Jess won't, but... Right kind of relents to it because never can tell because she just doesn't trust Jen. Uh, tr- trust Jen. Jess. Jess. Sorry, I was thinking about something else as I'm taking that shot. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. So, Jess meets a shady, like, bartender. Well, whatever. Not shady, depending on your uh, your judging. Named uh, Sterling. Again, as I mentioned earlier, in a joking fashion. Not for any rational thing. This actor did a, a fine job in this role. He actually reminded me a lot of... The guy that played played uh, Billy on Westworld. I know it's not the same actor, but one of the two businessmen in Westworld, the uh, the cocky the young the uh, cocky prick guy, not the uh, not the guy that uh, I'm not going to spoil Westworld stuff. But uh, but uh, the, the more cocky of the two guys, and he the actor reminded me a little bit of him. But uh, but anyways, but as I mentioned earlier, I jokingly wanted Sterling to be immediately once he started talking in some of his dialogue. He might as well have said, yeah, bitch. Some of his dialogue listening back. Uh, and if you ever watch the episode again, imagine the dialogue coming from Aaron Paul's mouth and you can imagine everything. It's it's just one of those funny things that he could have easily played this role and it would have been a fun touchback. And it's only because I'm a Breaking Bad and Vince Gilligan slut. Literally, I will fucking bend over. I will jump how high, and my, the fanboy that I have for that guy as a as a creator in those two shows. So, uh, so I'm a little bit too wrapped up in all of that. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I always have my Breaking Bad glasses on, and the fact that she's part of that universe, that Jessica Jones is part of the, it makes me want to rewatch Breaking Bad, and I feel like I'd appreciate her role on Breaking Bad even more, uh, knowing that's Jessica looking at her as Jessica Jones. But, anyways. So, uh, so more Jessica and, Pat- and Pat- Patrice's month. She meets the guy, the bartender named Sterling, that immediately quits his job, and Jessica likes it because he's anti-establishment. She doesn't need anything. She rips open an ATM and takes out loot when she gets into a fight with Patsy. This is what we talked about. She tries yeah. to help out uh, Trish here and explain to her that you know you're you know don't take all these people back to the house. They're all just using you. They're sycophants. They, that's they'll say anything to you to just get what they want and and keep fueling this shit it should have stopped and instead of dealing with what she's actually saying patsy's reaction is to be like fuck you fuck you you're stupid you're stupid you're uh you're i'm paying for all your shit it's using that stuff it's taking something that was obviously okayed and agreed upon because money's not an issue for patsy we've we've figured that out at several times in the series she's not quite tony stark but when it comes to oh you need me to buy that diamond like in the in a couple of episodes ago where she's like where she basically goes hey you need me to buy all these diamonds up here or you need me to buy our membership into the golf course money's not an issue she can pay for Jess to go to college she's happy to do it but she's using this because she knows it will hurt Jessica because she's yep. a selfish fucking asshole that's trying to hurt Jessica in this moment for no apparent reason because she feels shitty about herself and it's the only way because she knows Jessica's right it's the only way to rationalize oh Jessica's just a fucking user fuck you user and i hate that shit i hate that shit so much don't do the good deed if you're going to use it against someone later it's not about saying oh jessica made a deal to i'll pay you back for this one day it's probably pat's no i'm paying for you to go to college i'm no i don't want to go to college 
Or, I mean, I, I can't make you do that. I'll go to community college. No, Jessica, you got into a good school. You're going to fucking college, Jessica. You're fucking intelligent. Your mother was a mathematician. Right. Her and her mother have a lot of money. Yeah, your your mother, your real mother was a mathematician. I mean, maybe she knows that or doesn't know that, but Jessica's a smart fucking girl. And it's like, it's like, no, you're fucking going to school. And then, again, to use that against them later, I hate that shit. It's don't do the favor if you're going to bank that to be able to fucking make someone feel shitty about it later. It, that's just a fucking it's it's a fucking a someone at both move. ends. It's a dick move. It's a fucking dick move by Trish. Here, be an addict. Protect yourself. Do it if you could be an addict and do your shit. I'm okay with you. Do your shit. Just stay the fuck away from me. Don't bring your anger and your fucking frustration to me and fucking hurt me for something you told me it was all right. Go <laughs> fuck yourself, Trish, in that situation. Or excuse me, go fuck yourself past Trish. <laughs> because obviously her and Jessica are okay from that. So she doesn't need anything. She rips open an ATM. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Until she finds out that Trish is addicted to another drug again. And she rips open an ATM and takes the loot. And she says, uh, don't, Trish says, don't call me when you're arrested. And she says, fuck you. Don't call me when you need a fucking hospital, bitch. And they separate. So then uh, I don't think I've ever been so raged at a TV character in, sh- in a character in a TV show in ages, says Lauren, kind of echoing my rage about Trish in that moment. I, I can just relate to Jessica in that moment of having people do maybe do things for you and then being like, oh, no, no, well, I'm doing this for you. And then later being like, you know, I did this for you. You have to do this. No, yeah, I don't have to fine. do this. Ask me to do a favor. Oh, fuck you. You're a piece of shit because you won't do it. I helped you out in that situation. You won't. It's like, no, don't do the thing. I'll help you out, but don't make it about don't fucking strong arm me there and that or don't use that in a way you know to hurt me oh just get your shit together Uh, if you got your shit together i wouldn't have to bail you out like that's a low fucking blow like like, come on dude like uh, why don't you argue points and actually it's it's situation things like that is what people do when they're wrong in an argument they have to make they have to just equalize it i mean who drops down like here's your college tuition money paid you don't pay it all like that at once, do you? I it mean, depends. I guess how, maybe rich people. Do. It depends how much money you have. If you if you're Patsy rich like Shirley Temple, like you were Mary Kate Nashley Olson, that famous type of thing is what we're led to believe that Patsy was at a point in time that she was Gary Coleman of the age or something. Like she was the famous kid at that moment. She had to have got lots of sponsor opportunities. Her mother looks like a fucking that she would cash in on every opportunity she had. Every single one. She was in movies, and I think she probably banked a lot of that money. I'm guessing that Patsy... No, she snorted it all. I think maybe a couple million. I'm guessing that with residuals and stuff, Patsy's worth five or six million dollars. That's my that's okay. my that's my guess. I'm not gonna argue. She's she she's still getting Patsy residuals. Right, she's still getting Patsy residuals, and I think <laughs> I think her and cray cray residuals and cray cray residuals, and she and there's and she quit. So she she didn't. I don't think she did enough drugs to to uh, go through all the money. And she completely crash and burn. Right, exactly. I think she maybe she would have been worth thirty million dollars if she didn't fucking party all the time i don't know i'm I'm speculating this isn't coming from nowhere but i think she's rich enough for it that she's held on to a lot of her money yeah patsy's passive aggressive totally dude trish is brought up by using people says paul q broke says i think she was all she was always patsy she's just a two-face 
And uh, Preach says, broke to what I was saying. Trish starts out an insane supporting sister. Over two seasons, transform into full-on fucking Patsy. She is so uh, Mona to Tony. The uh, Angela story of my life. So I love the Who's the Boss references there, uh, Paul Q. I have a Who's the Boss song. I don't have it recorded. I'd, I'd play for it if I did. I'll play it at some point when Craig and I end up recording it. So, okay. So let's continue. We're, we're getting through. We got a little bit more with this episode. So we see Dr. Carl with his uh, door shirt. We catch in on mom uh, after, oh, I forgot to mention at the end of that scene with staring from the ATM, Sterling sees Jessica steal from the ATM, likes it, is kind of turned on by the thought of, of a super strong. And they go on a Bonnie Clyde crime wave while they're trying to live together. Exactly. They have a little thing going on. So we go back to uh, uh, Jessica's mother who has a new wig, is looking better, and Dr. Carl with his door shirt is trying to light her fire. No, they're flirty and stuff, and is trying to talk through, excuse me, the issues and rage problems that uh, Jessica's mother has and where they came from. They're flirty a bit. We realize that Jessica is, this is where he tells her that Jessica was adopted. Oh, okay, and this is where she decides she's going to break out. Right, she has a new family, and she's about to rage out, and I think her mind is starting to grip that she needs to play the game sometimes and use her rage in more opportune situations. A constructive way. Yeah, she's starting to learn a little bit here. She's not stupid, and she understands that she may, anger may take over, but she understands the right times to use it, and I think as time goes on, as we see, she's better at managing it to a certain extent. So, uh, and not at this point. I mean, eventually what she does in to... In, like, the next scene. In the next scene, yeah. I mean, she, she freaks out at times, but it's a working progress, Joe. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy. So, uh, I, as someone directly, and I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to fucking say it, I have fucking rage issues, and they're not fucking easy to just turn off and on. I, you know, I'm trying to deal... You know, you try to deal with it, but, like, when I get angry, I fucking rage. So, it's, like, it's, it's tough, and if you're in superpowers and super fucking anger and super fucking craziness, it's fucking the next level, and I think, for the most part, as we see in future Jessica's mom, she's doing a good job. Jessica's mom, in this time period, hasn't quite got there yet. But for what we're seeing generally in future Jessica's mom, she's generally doing, I guess, a little better. But may, but we'll have to see as time goes on. Uh, as we finally, uh, she finally freaks out and breaks out and has another rage fit. And uh, and uh, he wants to see, she wants to see her daughter and he apologizes. So we go off to Jessica and her boyfriend, as Joe mentioned, they're getting to know each other. Jessica is stealing lots of shit for him and just giving him anything he wants, like basically outfitting him with expensive watches. Like, I want to get my girlfriend a nice, something nice. So she breaks it and steals something for herself. Exactly. It's, it's basically. They're going on a crime wave, having fun. Yep. I'm with the super. And, uh, and he's, he wants to open his club and it's called alias, which we see eventually ends up being the name of her detective agency. He's good with her. I mean, he pushes her to see Trish, but it is for selfish reasons, but we do see that. Oh yeah. We, it's straight up selfish. Straight up selfish reasons. This guy's a dick, no doubt. But he's a dick. He's a user. But him and Jessica do have an interesting dynamic where she obviously really loves him. And I do think, this is my perspective, I think he, yes, he wants to use her, but I think, I tend to believe him with what he said to the mother later, that he would use her, but he wasn't going to give her to the fucking mob guys. Exact, exactly. I think he does care. Yes, he was. Yes, I, he was. Do you think he cares about her, though? I, I, no. Maybe you're right, Joe. No. You don't think he cares about no. her even a little bit? He, he. So we, this whole character, right? Like, so he set up right from the start. 
he pours it uh the drink the way it's supposed to but then he over pours it then he pours another shot for jess he gets called out on it that's you know you're stealing from the bar right there and the manager's like no don't do that stick to the stick to the amount stick to the recipes dude don't don't over pour you cost me money you're giving away my money every ounce you over pour is like seven dollars out of my pocket like it's not cool yeah not cool do that a hundred times in a night guess what <laughs> like that's seven hundred dollars gone no that shit adds up it's oh, it's again it add up. not to not to reference uh not to reference anything I'm sorry. Not to ref- not to reference a casino again, but it's it's just one of those things. It's leakage, and you. Uh, I'm sorry, but, but yeah, it's it's fucking yeah, leakage. Absolutely. So, so right from there, he's already stealing from the club. When he gets called out on it, instead of just being like, "Okay, boss," he quits. We know that uh, that he's got, you know, his parents wanted him to do other stuff, but he was like, "Fuck you" on the phone with them. Right. The whole straight up trying to we got to go get that money from Patsy, your sister kind of thing. The selling them out to the, he, he already like stole a bunch of money from these hoods in the, in the neighborhood, promised them that I can get a club open within a year and took, what was it? 10,000, 20,000, how much money? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, 20,000. I think it was 25,000. Like, come on. Like no, was it, it was, it was 25. Or, it was 25 or 50. It might've been 50. Yeah. He's, he's stealing from, from people. He's trying to, he's trying to be a hustler. And I think he, he saw Jess rip open that fucking ATM, and he saw and a cat, and, he, and he and he saw an opportunity. Okay, fair, yep. fair enough, fair enough. Maybe, I, maybe I'm a little bit more sappy than you are, so I so I fall into those love scenes a little bit more and kind of get into it and like, oh, he actually cares about her. But I think well, I think not the, sell her to them because she can obviously like kick their asses. Right. But, I think he, I don't think like, he. I'm going to get twenty. You think he was going to tell Jess that he was getting twenty percent no. of everything she did? No, for them? definitely not. Definitely right. not. Instead, it was going to be, they're just going to keep coming at me. They're going to get me someday when you're not around. You can't protect me all the time. You can't kill them. Just do this. Just do this and they'll leave me alone. Yep. Uh, Broke says, Mother Jessica's kill was kind of justified. So we go off to uh, Jessica's boyfriend getting to know each other. Jessica's, okay, so Jessica and her boyfriend. Okay, so he's good with her. He pushes her to see Trish for selfish reasons because he wants Trish's investment yep. so well. She so, figures that out immediately. And he meets mom. They meet mom and dad, and then they go to Trish at the club. And Trish starts uh, flirting with him a little bit and pushing to uh, and, and being interested in investing. And uh, Jessica, as Joe mentioned, figures it out immediately and drags him the hell out of there. Uh, Trisha wants to. Trish wants to meet the guy. He goes, oh, he's cute. And uh, did he hear the song? Did he like Cray Cray? No. Then we see uh, the incident of the nurse we saw early. What actually happened to her? And uh, we see that Jessica's mother finally breaks out of the uh, the institution for, well, she ends up coming back, but finally actually breaks out to find Jessica. <clears throat> and we see her killing, snapping one nurse's neck and throwing another one into a glass. Uh, the one that we've uh, saved. We've seen before. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know her name. I'm just referring to her as nurse. But it's. It's fucking awesome, though, because after she leaves the room for the first time in any any fuck, we hear about it. We heard the story already. Right. We heard this story. We finally get to see it. But for the first time in any, any fucking TV or fucking movie shit, someone gets thrown into a big fucking glass cabinet or like a window or something. And she's actually got big shards of glass yeah. sticking out of her everywhere. Yeah, and Finally. I, and I like how it connected that where we saw the scars earlier. I like yep. how it went back and forth with that. That was very, that was very cool that they actually did that. 
and uh, repeats every time. <laughs> Lauren says she keeps repeating profanities every time I hear the name Trish or Patsy. <laughs> Get her to kill Enid for Joe. Get uh, Jessica's mother to kill Enid for Joe. Uh, so let's continue on here. So then we see the incident, as I mentioned, and we see her escape to go find Jessica. After a midnight snack, she stole him a watch. There's a knock on the door, and some shady dudes come in that he took cash from, and they want an update on their yeah, money. Jessica Russell. It's been a year. They have $50,000. It's either 50 or 25. I think it's 50 now that I think about it. They fuck, and as Joe mentioned, Jessica fucks them up. Dude is like, shut up, bitch. And she's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, I like it. I like it. He's like, no, no, no. The club's real. Look. I got a Look, business. I took your fifty thousand dollars, and I got these. I got five hundred of these business cards for five dollars on, on Mister Print. Mister Print, yeah, yeah. Look, the club is real. Do you know what? And with a coupon, if you did it around the holiday season, you could get like five hundred for two bucks or something like that, just paying shipping or something. It's, Look, it's real. I swear. It's ridiculous. So then we get a meeting of the moms and Jessica's moms. This was kind of a cool scene. This was one of my favorite of the mom scenes. And I like how she holds herself back and it shows a level of control because at a couple of times she feels like she could kill Patsy's mother at any time here. But instead, she takes a different tact with the situation. So we get a meeting between the moms and Jessica's mom says she's a Jess's old math teacher. And she starts they start talking mad shit about Jessica, how she's a little whiny little shit. It's just a funny interaction, but Jess's mother really holds it together and kind of charms Patsy's mother and eventually gets her to call to find an address where Jessica's living with her new boyfriend. So then we see that Jessica really is a good person as she helps some kids to have a good time with a uh, fire hydrant on a really hot day. But Jessica's boyfriend shows up and he... Okay, oh, so they go to a bar and Jessica goes to the bathroom and Jessica's mother shows up. Jessica's mother follows her to the bathroom, gives her a tampon, and they have a little uh, interaction where Jessica's going to buy her a drink later. And the mother's like, I would really like that. It's it's actually real sensible and relaxed and they really lull you. And the more I talk about this episode, the more I like it because they really lull you into a sense of, oh, and I, you knew it wasn't, but they lull you into it where, okay. This is going to all go pretty good or not pretty yeah. good, but it might not go completely bad. Or what I thought was going to happen didn't exactly happen. What I imagined, especially when I saw the guys come out, I did expect Sterling to die, but I expected those dudes were going to kill him. I, For some reason, yeah. it didn't connect with me that the mother was going to be the person that did it. I was thought, oh, they're going to take him out back and they're going to shoot him. And then Jessica's going to come out and freak out and think it's all her fault for fucking those guys up. Ultimately, that's kind of what happened to a certain extent from Jessica's perspective, but that's not what happened in the scene. And I like that because it it did take me for a little bit of a turn where I was like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming exactly. Which is an interesting twist because now Jessica knows that those guys have been in jail this whole time for a murder they didn't commit. Exactly. That's a different that's a different side to it. I didn't even think about Joe and that she or she who knows what she did with those guys or something when they were out on bail or something like who who knows i mean probably they're probably just in jail but ultimately that's a that's a very good point show so she comes out sterling's been taken outside by those dude but mums follows and listens and the dudes want don't want their cash back they want jessica to be their muscle as they have some dangerous things coming up we cut when they start talking about what those dangerous things are, but let's just finish it up. Sterling wants to know what those what those things up, yeah, and he, we'll do it for twenty percent. Right, twenty five. He says he'll do it, but he wants twenty or twenty five percent of the profits. He's pimping out his girlfriend. Mother said, mother pops out and says, 
Norman, you're fun. No, and grabs his head and says, uh, Jessica trusts you. She thinks you love her. You're a liar. She's not a whore. And he says, listen, no, I really love her. And, and who the fuck are you? And she says, I'm his, her mom. And right, obviously right at that point, once I was like, oh, he knows. Oh, he's dead. And she just starts bashing his head up against a wall. And, Dashed against a wall. And Jessica comes outside and finds him and loses her shit. It's really heartbreaking as the music kicks in. Uh, good performance by Jessica. Christian. Kristen. So uh, Jessica heads to the club to find Trish in the bathroom on her hands and knees about to blow a guy for some coke or that just gave her some coke or, <laughs> or just because he's a nice guy. I don't, I don't know why. And, oh, yeah. Oh, just let her do it, man. He gave us some really good shit. And Jessica – yeah, fuck that girl. Jessica asked uh, the person that the mom is – it's a little subtle touch that I didn't mention earlier that the mother is representing that girl to, to have to be a uh, – a, spin-off star from cray cray like she's in the cray cray video or something like that but i love what jess's question is and isn't at first jessica's like oh i'm interrupting and then she notices that trisha that trisha's like whatever all fucked up and she goes do you want to be doing this and just like well he's like a really nice guy and gave us some good shit and you can see the yeah. other girl comes in and goes yeah this is what he wanted he gave us some good shit and you can see that that girl's like Again, the total fucking like controlling her and and being a pimping, doing the mother's pimping of of Patsy for her. It's just it's a big fucked up situation. And Jessica figures it all out. And I really like how she this dude's like, oh, well, fuck. And, and Jessica like yeah, he calls her a bitch. And Jessica's like, yeah, go ahead. Refer to me as an animal. You can leash and collar and beat. oh, this is say it again. Refer say it again, motherfucker. One more time. And then she just shows him that she could kill him at any point in time she wants. And he runs out of there pissing. Pissing his pants. I really like that. I, I really, I really like, like that. that scene too. And I like that in a way, that was the birth of Jessica Jones. That was her, the character that we know. Not necessarily, not necessarily that moment, but her having her boyfriend die in her arms and turning into that, seeing her friend in that situation. But like more that moment was her origin story of the character that we knew to become yep. the wise cracking but really emotionally fragile don't let me in i'm not saying she wasn't always a little rough around the edges as we see in these flashbacks but we see that she was in college she was a little bit more open a little bit warmer with you know with that guy she never had such openness with luke even though she does have love with anyone the love for luke and i think luke's probably the closest person she almost had that with and hopefully that will get examined even more later as time goes on. And I, I actually, I haven't, I don't have any spoilers and maybe I'll be disappointed. I hope Luke shows up and I hope this guy isn't our stand in for Luke, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath because I enjoy the two of them together. And I, but I could, as long as she's back in his second season or he comes in in her third season, I do want to see more of their interaction in their, their possible probable future end game relationship situation. So uh, Jess heads to the club to find Trish, finds in the bathroom. They have a talk about what happened, and this is where they have a heart-to-heart about getting into rehab. We see maybe the first time, maybe many times, that they're on the rooftop watching the movie. So we go back to Jess's mom, who returns to the hospital. She's not well, and she knows it. People are running from her, and the doctor, Carl's there. She comes back because she's not well. She wants to work hard and work more to try to get better. He says, we will find a solution, and we see that the foundation of them falling in love, as we see in, in the pot, in the in the future or in the present time. And, uh, and we see this all come out that this is Jess's mother telling Jessica's story about this. And she explains to her what happened, how she killed 
the boyfriend i haven't seen you in 13 years will you ever forgive me and jessica says fuck no and punches her or like fucking doctor's right there to jab jessica in the neck with a needle she's fucking he's fucking quick joe of course the needle goes right through her super strong skin no problem easy i mean it's like in order to get bloody knuckles she's got to like punch through a fucking wall are you kidding me in fairness, though, he has done that to the mother enough to know, to, I know. to understand what he needs I to do know. to get it. But So that's the end of our episode of Jessica Jones. And honestly, I can't wait to end this podcast so I can go watch the next three episodes. Yep. Um, Joe and I will be back possibly uh, Wednesday, Joe? Wednesday? Good. Wednesday afternoon, same time. Same same time. Yep. Same. Same bat time, same bat, same Jessica time, same Jessica channel. We'll be back on Wednesday at 1 p.m. to talk some more Jessica Jones. Uh, Joe and I may, I may be on dirty issues tomorrow during the snowstorm and uh, doing some video game streaming, doing some goof troop, and uh, possibly with Joe playing some video games, playing some other stuff. So if you want to check out more Joe Dirty Locks, definitely check out some of his game streams on dirty issues gaming you can find the link to that in the description box below or you can also see it on joe's little screen right there uh and that's where joe's streaming almost every day doing uh different video games tends to lock into one game but sometimes switches it up and him and katie pops on over there too if you guys are missing some katie crow she tends to be a little bit more active over there wait and uh she will be back as we mentioned before on game of thrones streams later but you can hear joe and katie do occasional streams especially of the telltale video games oh yeah so uh so yeah definitely check out dirty issues everyone in the live motherfucking chat you guys are amazing thank you for watching with us thank you those those of you guys that have watched ahead and and come back to anyone listening to the audio cast sorry for the technical difficulties in the middle for anyone watching this i'm not going to edit out any of the middle crap when we when we ran out it'll just be it'll just be a little jumpy it'll be more problems than good and also a little side element of that the live chat linking up if you edit it that stops so fuck it We're yep. just we're just gonna keep the technical difficulties in there. So anyone that made it this far, we apologize for the technical keep difficulties. One hundred, yo. <laughs> As whatever Joe just said, everybody, thank keep you. It real. Everybody, thank you so much. We'll be back in a couple of days for more fun, and we'll be back more, uh, sooner than you think on the channel for more random podcasts and silliness. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone in the thank live you. chat. Uh, uh, Mel, Broke, Alan, Paul. Uh, K. Rich, Lauren, Princess, Jimmy, all our friends that have been popping in here today. Really do appreciate it. Talk to you guys next time. Later. Peace.